Hey there, Luxa here, host of Luxa Cult, a podcast where we gleefully taunt the mundane, butcher the Latin and most other languages, and also discuss a variety of occult topics. Exploring the intersection of science, magic, art, and philosophy through the lens of chaos, it's occultism for everyone. Luxa Cult features interviews with badass authors, artists, and magicians of all walks and experience levels, as well as audiomantic nonsense, cut up poetry, bibliomancy breaks, and so much more. Don't miss my conversation with Frater Yara about the magic of language or the episode with the Whole Faith Blind Council crew featuring a meditation for the Green Mushroom Project, which is a large scale group working focused on building connection and regaining ground that you can be a part of. You can hear Lexical on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. So tune in and join us for the ride. XB Planus is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. Perception is everything. Not everyone sees things the same way. For example, a crowded movie theater. Every patron sees the same film, but not everyone will enjoy or agree with it. Each and every human being is unique in the way they view the world. And this simple fact has added a layer to how I perform paranormal investigations and share our findings with you, dear audience. A group of us can all stay at the same site, yet each and every one on the team will have a distinctive perception of the events that occur. And in some cases, like the Sally House, we find that some locations react and affect people in specific, almost tailor-made ways. For example, in some ways, the house reacted violently towards me. For others, it affected them psychologically, potentially even psychically. And for some a deeply emotional response happened. Tonight, we will hear three different recollections of the events of our stay in 508 North 2nd Street in Atchison, Kansas, which happened parallel to one another, but the differences in each person's unique retelling. One thing will become more and more obvious. That house might know you better than you know yourself. Welcome to XV Planets. Greetings, friends, fiends, and lovers of strange and wondrous things. Welcome back to XV Planus. Transmitting from the Black Lodge, as always, I am your host, Flood, and I am very happy to be back here to dive into the weird with you. So here we are, at the penultimate episode of our Sally House saga. For now, at least. We still have a lot to cover over these next two extremely long episodes, so we're going to dive into it here in just a moment. But... First, a few things to mention. As you know by now, this show covers all of the weird from the ground to the skies, and the latter certainly has had some exciting things happening in the last two weeks. On April 5th, the Pentagon released yet another massive batch of UFO-related documents thanks to the efforts made by many through the Freedom of Information Act. And you guessed it, no aliens. Yet. 
But what this 1,567-page document dump does tap into are the bizarre biological effects that UFO encounters have had on witnesses, ranging from radiation burns, loss of time, brain and nerve damage, unexplained pregnancies, and unexplained loss of pregnancies, as well as tons of new information regarding propulsion systems, cloaking technology, space and potentially time travel, and the colonization of deep space. Let that sink in for a minute. Now, there is a lot to unpack there, but I do intend to dig further into this, and you can expect a series a little bit later this year covering this as well as any other new information that comes along. 2022 is poised to be a huge year for UFO and UAP research, or at least that's what the rumblings in the underground tell me. On a little less of a sci-fi note, the U.S. military has just revealed that the first known interstellar meteor struck Earth in 2014 on the northeastern coast of Papua New Guinea. The finding came as a surprise to Amir Siraj, who identified the object as an interstellar meteor in a 2019 study that he co-authored while an undergraduate at Harvard University. Siraj was investigating Amumua, the first known interstellar object in our solar system that was found in 2017 with Avi Loeb, professor of science at Harvard University. Siraj decided to go through NASA's Center for Near-Earth Object Studies database and to find other interstellar objects and found what he believed to be an interstellar meteor within days. There's a lot more to both of these stories, though, and I'll have links in the show notes for anyone interested in digging further. Now, last thing before we get to our paranormal meat and potatoes for the evening... A dear friend to the XV Planus family, Ama Jordan, has informed me of a terrible loss. A young man named Cameron Starks met an untimely and tragic death last week, leaving behind a young daughter and a mountain of expenses. If you have anything to spare to help this family deal with funeral expenses and the like, please click on the link in the show notes. From what I understand, this young man was on his way to a new, happier, healthier chapter in his life just to have it snuffed out by a horrible accident. To the Starks family, we are pulling for you, and you are in our thoughts. All right, back to the subject at hand. In the last episode, Jill and I reviewed and dissected the Estes session that we held on the first evening. Tonight, we're going to hear the events of our stay at the Sally House through the points of view from Walker, Alejandro, and Trish. So let's start this trio off with Walker. So as we revisit the uh, the infamous journey to the Sally House, uh, first up in the studio tonight to talk about our personal experiences, we got uh, Walker. Walker, thank you so much for making the trip on up here to Durham to hang out with me tonight. Anytime. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's good to see you, buddy. So I wanted to take this opportunity so that everybody who... You know, everybody who went on that trip with us would have a chance to share their own personal experiences because even though we all had a collective experience, none of us really had the exact same experience because, as we all know, this this place reacted to each and every one of us as individuals very personally. So I wanted to take this portion to talk about what your personal takeaway is, what, what your thoughts about the whole experience were. Yeah, um, you know, the – mindset of getting out there was um a daunting task just in terms of like we had to drive so far uh man looking back at how hungover i was that morning <laughs> was pretty rough 
<laughs> that was that was pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I was you know volunteered for the first nap for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but once we started getting out there, you know, getting to St. Louis and and crashing at at, at, at such a cool place and um yeah thank you heather yeah thank you so much it was you know it was very the the house was perfect like we we couldn't have stayed at a better spot yeah you know um and then you know driving to kansas which was getting like waking up that morning and getting onto the road was really interesting just like i feel like all of us were like all right like we're literally going to be there in three hours you know (laughs) so what a relief to um yeah it, it certainly made that first day much easier. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and then the first day just being there and just kind of taking it all in, you know, like once you get to that place and there are literally people outside, um, you know, just are y'all going in? Can I go, you know, can <laughs> can I go in with you? I don't want to go in that house, but how, you know, what I was like, yeah, we're we're here. This is definitely a normal occurrence. Yes, first day. Yeah. And then there was the uh, the couple that was parked in the pickup truck across the street for like, first hour yeah there. just like staring at it uh-huh. not even really talking to themselves or anything it was interesting did you you went over and talked to him did i think at one point i was like how are y'all doing you know just what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> they didn't Everything say anything all right no yeah and they were like oh we're just you know looking at the house i was like yep cool we're you know we're staying here we're going in <laughs> thanks Yep. Being in the town was, uh, was interesting. That, that first day we really like got down to business pretty quick. So yeah, we did. We, uh, we hit the ground running, but, uh, we had a couple adventures, um, before we even actually made it to the Sally house. <laughs> yeah. When you think about it. Yeah. I speaking had... of that, uh, that interesting, um, hangover I was nursing, I, 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 I woke up to a giant fog. It was a typhoon as well. <laughs> Oh yeah. no, the typhoon came later. That's right. You woke yeah, up, yeah you woke up to fog thicker than cement. It I woke was... up and looked out the window and I couldn't see anything. Yeah. And they, very they, much there a were no silent cars in front moment. of us. We could kind of see blinkers, but yeah, that was really creepy. Mm-hmm. That was, that kind of set us off on the right uh on the right foot. Yep. And then yeah, the the rain was nuts. Shouts out to Alejandro for uh for for driving through. Um because, you know, my car is not the best vehicle to road trip in. Uh, th- I think there were a few moments during that whole that whole stretch through the typhoon that we were all white knuckled. Yeah, very, no, very 100%. much so. We were all like, "Let's turn the music down and make sure we're <laughs> we stay alive." <laughs> let's uh, let's pull off into the rest area for a minute. Yep. Which I'm no, I'm really glad that we did because that was man. Yeah, that was rough. Well, it kind of set off the whole you know like like all of um. Like Alejandro's energy, I feel like is very like protective and um, like he just wants to make sure that everyone is like safe and having a good time. Yeah. yeah. And I think that it almost like was a synchronicity that he was the one driving like in that moment. And that he was the one that like made the decision to pull off into the, you know what I mean? Like, interesting. I think it, yeah. It's just a little loose synchronicity, I feel. It was just interesting that he was the one that was driving in, at that at that time. I wouldn't say that's a loose synchronicity. <laughs> Certainly a synchronicity, though. Yeah. And then, man, shouts out to the West Virginia Highway construction because they create this the skinniest oh, God, lanes the, I've ever driven in. I think the, that was scarier for me than the than the rain. Just the, the concrete <laughs> tunnel. It felt like you were yeah. driving the most intense uh, like moment in Mario Kart barrier. ever. Like, yeah. yeah. 
you know, one over correction by two inches, and that would not have been a good time. Yeah. You're going to have a bad time. I'm going to have you pizza, french fry. (laughs) And also, just like, the drive out there was so exhausting because we couldn't get any good food besides those tamales. Yeah. But, man. Yeah. yeah. They were pretty good. Lexington, Kentucky needs to step their game up. That's all I got to say. All right, let's uh, let's let's roll back into the uh, the trip here, though. So let's talk about like what what your perception and what your experience was like from the moment, not necessarily the moment we got there, but say about an hour out after we got to Kansas City, we gassed up in Kansas City, and I think getting on those those roads and like rolling those hills and just like driving like along the river that is like the you know because we weren't in kansas until we got to atchison like yeah. we were in missouri the whole time um little backcountry road just you know dirt busting it up literally <laughs> we're driving up the river that separates missouri and kansas mm-hmm. and then we cross the river and go into atchison i think it was just really um anxiety driven i think we were all pretty anxious and we're like ready to get out of the car but knowing we were getting out at the Sally house. Right. Like yeah. it didn't feel like you were going to a place that was like giving you shelter. <laughs> it just felt like you were going somewhere that like you were going to have to struggle through. <laughs> you just got done with the marathon. Now you have to do a triathlon. Yeah. Mm. It's like, yeah, we just drove 17 hours to be here and <laughs> now jump right into it. Yep. But yeah, I think right. Like, Right when I got there, I was just kind of trying to take everything in. I think we were all just kind of wandering around um, after we unpacked because, you know, we had set up the table with all the all the instruments. And yeah. yeah. We're kind of like pick your pick your poison and, and, you know, start taking readings and walking around and getting acclimated. And I really didn't want to go upstairs. And I think that it was just like my overall perception of what upstairs is in that house and like knowing so much about it going in Mm -hmm. i think i was anxious just in my own head like you know just like i was anxious walking through the door it's like it's the sally house like that's upstairs at the sally house there's a you know there's a portal up there and there's a bacon monster that lives in (laughs) the closet and you know all that stuff and then the basement i mean we were just hearing stuff all the time yeah yeah and it was confusing because we were in different places but we're like i thought you were in the basement or like no one's been in the basement since we got here that's uh th- that was one of the most interesting things about that whole trip for me i think was the uh the sound displacement that was going on mm-hmm. because there was a time that i had like the choking fit mm-hmm. and, and none of us could hear it no no everybody thought that i was outside oh, when i was actually yeah, yeah, yeah. i was walking down the stairs it was happen as it was happening but everybody thought that i was like out in the street yeah and then there was a couple of times that i heard either you or alejandro upstairs but you were both downstairs mm-hmm. and but that was one of the weirdest things that I experienced there was the seemingly cut and paste nature of the way the sound was moving in that house. Yeah. I think the energy just moves very um, – mm. so I feel like once it grabs – like once the energy like starts affecting you and you start giving your energy to it, like it's, it's just like kind of draining. I think that's what I was experiencing when, when – it's like, an, you know, it gets like an hour and a half, two hours in, and I'm just like sitting in the chair in the corner with my head kind of, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we're like, you all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm just, you know, watching the floor because it was doing all this weird stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I could just, you know, you could hear things and I wasn't really seeing anything besides the manipulation, but I just felt like I was like zoning out. Like yeah. I was like separating, like disassociating. 
you didn't experience that until uh, a little bit later on the first night, right? Well, that was, I, I experienced it once we were, it was still light out the first time that I saw like the floor moving and stuff. So it was before we did the uh, first set of SS sessions? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Because I was just like, I remember just like, you know, we were kind of eating, sitting down, like we were like grabbing a snack and just like, I was just in the chair, just looking at the floor. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And just like, not really thinking about anything. You said it was uh, um, just kind of breathing almost. Yeah. Like very, very much like. The uh, first waves of a hallucinogen kicking in, almost. Yeah, and and if you um, if you can imagine like the carpet moving, like if if you've ever watched like ocean waves just kind of moving about, and just it looked like water, like it was you know bubbling and and moving around and you know doing all that weird stuff. Yeah. So it was very it was it was interesting. I think I was just trying to take it all in, but at the same time, me trying to take it all in and like kind of like get into that zone was. Kind of short circuits your brain a little bit. Yeah, it kind of like pushes you out a little bit. And then going into the Estes sessions was was wild because that was, you know, we set up the live stream and talked to everyone and then just kind of got, you know, right into it. You did the tour around the house and um, we were all downstairs. And I mean, the energy was, was, was felt pretty normal. Like the house, I feel like when you're focused on other things, like kind of like pauses and slows down. Like I feel like it, comes in waves like it's like you're really affected and then it's like you're not affected it's normal you're not mm-hmm. affected at all you don't hear anything you know yeah um i think that's really an interesting um aspect of it is that it's not a constant like it's it it happens in in segments and and in subtlety too mm-hmm. like um it gives you what you ask for Maybe not in the way that you're expecting it, but you get what you ask for. Yeah, you get what you're coming for, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then once we got started, I mean, it was kind of from the jump. Uh, Alejandro read first. Yeah, right? he was, no, he was the receiver yeah, for the first round. Yeah, he was the receiver yeah. first. And that was really wild because I think we got we got some good connections with that. Um, the first activity in the window. Yeah. So yeah that yeah. window was like my center of, of the evidence I think is around around like what might be stuck just outside the house and not able to come in. Right. Which is something we'll be talking about here in uh, grander detail here in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I think once you put the headphones on, it shifted. Oh yeah. And then with Jill being asking the questions, I think that was a really important role in like the energy shifting. Yeah. Because it seems like everything was almost like, like when when Alejandra was was receiving, it was um, I don't want to say more positive isn't like yours was a negative, but it was like I feel like the negative energy really came through when you were receiving and Jill was asking questions. Um, and I think that the spikes that we got on EMF were were crazy. Yeah, you were you were like circling me a couple of times. Yeah, right? I was, was trying like... <laughs> really hard not to like knock you off the 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 mode. But I I remember I I'd, I'd hit something or something beeped and you were I was like really close to you. And you right. were like oh god. No, it started to, there was something that was walking back and forth or like moving back and forth in front of the table when you were doing that. Or at least that's what you told me. Whenever we stopped. Yeah, that was pretty crazy, man. Um going back and reviewing the footage that uh that that moment whenever Jill says like if that's you can you can you touch John's arm and you just see me just go <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, 
Yeah. I mean, that was, I, I, I think that really like opened all of our eyes to like, wow, like, you know, like there's some stuff going on Yeah, without yeah. a doubt. Um, that, that session was nuts. And y'all that watched it on the fireside. Yeah. On fireside. Thank you for, for giving the feedback of telling us to look in that window. Cause man, we got some crazy pictures. Yes, we <laughs> did. Yeah. Once we, uh, we still need to get, uh, Alejandro to, uh, scan those Polaroids so we can get those posted. Um, yeah. The Polaroids but- are nuts. The, the picture in the window was nuts yeah as this episode is airing we'll be sharing some of those photos for mm-hmm. visual reference so that all of you can uh, get an idea of it and with any luck if i can find the right uh, editing software we'll actually be uploading the audio and video from uh the estes sessions that we did yeah hopefully so that'll be really cool i i, I think that we we definitely documented a, a a lot of really interesting um things and i i feel like we uncovered a lot of like what could actually be going on because yeah. I think we we definitely went in thinking that uh, like our th- like thinking about the theories of the house and then and then we learned pivoted. a lot while we were there. Yeah, learned a ton while we were there, and then just kind of like leaned into like we need to like lean into our experience and like just document like how we feel. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and and not take history that spoon fed to us mm-hmm. you know everybody knows a basic story we we, we get all that part but uh, you and i and, and everybody else involved we always thought that there was like there's some element that's missing to the story in particular the fact that nobody can really verify that a young girl named sally ever died there yeah nobody we, like it's nowhere put down in the history books other than legend yeah we can't even really um signify that that house was even a doctor's office yeah um yeah you know and we'll have all the history and stuff coming out. We're scouring research as we speak, trying to figure out. Uh, yeah, as as we are recording this, um, mm-hmm. trying to figure out as much fact as we can. Got to bring the people the truth. You know what they say: <laughs> sometimes truth is stranger than fishing. <laughs> you know, speaking of some of the evidence we got, and I was talking about the, the audio and video from the Estes sessions. We got some. We did get some interesting snapshots here and there yeah actually we got we got some interesting stuff all the way around in both audio and visual yeah yeah i i think you know not reaching too far into the second day but i think we got one of the craziest evps that i've ever heard and i think that like the connections that they that they laid were like we spent like three hours trying to figure you know even on the ride home we spent like half the ride home just trying to figure out what that was Ah, once we figured out what it was, where it came from, and the backstory behind the artist who created the music that you hear on the EVP, man, that just rips a whole other world into um, a lot of things that yeah. were going on, not only between us as a group, but the history of the house as well. Yeah. So, And I mean, I've seen my fair share of, um, well, not my fair share. There have been a handful of things that I've seen from a collection of paranormal research and what, you know, but a lot of it is, is entertainment based. Yeah. Right. And you have to take all that stuff with a grain of salt. And I, you know, understand that y'all are here listening to this and like in those shoes, but this thing like literally like melted my brain. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. All around. doesn't, there's no, it doesn't make any sense. We're going to share that with you on the, or maybe at the end of this episode, we'll see how the editing process works out. We'll figure it out. Y'all are going to hear it. (laughs) Yes, you, know, you might hear it a couple of times because it's pretty nuts. <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna 
because I, I haven't told you yet, but I'm actually running that guy through a couple of uh, programs right now to, to render and clean up some of the audio. So we might get a, we might get a wee bit better version than the one that I have recorded, but regardless, you'll well, hear the we'll raw probably... format and then the polished one and yeah, so on and so forth. But... Yeah. And just a little spoiler, we caught it on cassette. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, digitizing that was, man, that was a lot. <laughs> that was just a lot, Walker. Listen, God bless, you know, Satan bless you for, for doing that. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail <laughs> yourself. But yeah, I mean, going, you know, after the Estes sessions, I th- I think we were all pretty drained, but like excited to like keep investigating. Yeah. Because we moved into, we went upstairs after that and did some stuff like up in the in the nursery and in the in the master yeah that's right try to get the sls up and running and learn that i definitely need a new laptop yeah 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 i mean don't we all that stuff like i feel like when it when it started really affecting me it just like put me out just wanted me to like not be cognizant and it made me like go to sleep and ignore me yeah yeah like it was like just like even like when I was awake, it was like I, I wasn't doing it. I was just standing there, just like you know, looking. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it really like that. Did that disassociation with me was 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 strong. Yeah, I think that was like mostly what I was affected. And then like going to sleep and sleeping in the house, you know, first off, like that couch is really not comfortable. Comfortable. Yeah. Um, which you know nobody lives there, but <laughs> IKEA. Like maybe I don't know. <laughs> I have moments where I woke up and I was the only one awake, and that's you're basically alone if there's no one else that's awake. And just still like hearing stuff and like just feel like you're not alone, and you know, feeling like you're being watched, and almost like that moment of like I'm standing up and not looking at anything, like sleep paralysis. Like you're just you know, you're up but you can't move around, and you're just like fixated on that shadow in the corner just kind of waiting for something to come out of it and you're frozen like a deer in headlights yeah yeah i had a couple of moments like that that hit me a lot stronger on the second day because the second day was when i was like i just can't be in here (laughs) first night it it really really messed with me and like that's you guys were asleep for this Mm -hmm. but uh, i ended up having that handprint that showed up on my throat Like, like you could see the finger marks and the thumb mark it looked like somebody was trying to choke me. And at the time I was like feeling swollen throat. Yeah. It's not until those moments of stillness that that place really starts to open up. Yeah. Cause then you're like fully, all your senses are like just focused mm-hmm. on your environment. I'm really eager to go back there. I'm not going to lie. No, um, I would love to. I think it's going to be fun. And what about it? That was, uh, did anything else happen on that first night or was it pretty, uh, that was, you know, I, I felt affected that way. We, we, we did our sessions and walked around and, you know, you, you and Alejandro kind of crashed out early. Jill and I yeah. were up until like five in the morning, just yeah. kind of waiting and listening. But yeah, I guess that's, that's the end of night one, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. I, I definitely felt, you know, felt affected, felt like we were, you know, really getting places with the Estes sessions. Yeah. And just trying to make sure that we were all in the right, you know, getting the right evidence and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So we had the, uh, just, just a breakdown of that first day. Right. So mm-hmm. we, we have our initial walk in and right from the get go, we all start hearing stuff in the house, typically coming from upstairs while we were downstairs. 
We unpack the equipment. You guys do preliminary walkthroughs and photo taking while I'm setting up a home base. You kind of slip into a fugue state, getting pulled in by the magical carpet. Yep. It was definitely a Walker magical went on a magic ride. carpet ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, oh, love this it. Is, this is wild. Oh, and then, um, then we did the Estes sessions. Now, both of those rendered two very different results, but we also came to the realization that we were dealing with multiple entities in that place. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Or certainly one inside the house and one outside, which is, again, we'll, we'll get a little bit further into that later because um, I'm hoping to have you, me, Alejandro, and Jill all on one group chat so that we can talk about those experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, rest of the evening, we just kind of bounced around between upstairs and downstairs and eventually people wound down except for me because I'm a glutton for punishment. So I stayed up until the sun came up, (laughs) but yeah, I guess that's the end of, uh, end of night one. Yeah. But you being asleep led us into, um, the revelations that are what happened, um, what actually happened in the house and us, you know, breaking down the, the, the barrier is Jill and I were talking about that while we were waiting for you guys. Uh, yeah, fair enough. True, true. So it's good. We're covering all bases. Absolutely. So that was a, that was a basic rundown that we, that we had for the first night, at least from your point of view, but it was the second day that was a little bit more significant for you, right? Yeah. I think especially the second night, um, well, the daytime, just like getting into that, uh, like our, our, our discussion on history and, and like doing all that research was, was really fun. Like that's what. Yeah. And, and to, to reference that actually, before we go any further, um, <clears throat> there, uh, there were some discussions that happened in the, the late night hours of the first night and the, the wee hours of the first, uh, the first morning that we were there. And after a discussion in the morning, after that first night, we decided that we were going to step out of the house for a little bit and completely clear our heads and kind of walk back into the house later with completely fresh eyes, mm-hmm. like discounting all of the, the history that we've been told, the things that we quote unquote know about the place, just checking it all out at the door and walking in, viewing it with fresh eyes. Yeah. Just shifting our investigation, like fully into like our own research and our own experiences and just like, f- like truly documenting that. Now the, um, we, uh, we got up, we had our coffee, we had that chat, we decided to get out for a while and we went to some pretty interesting places too. Yeah, man. Atchison is a cool town. Like it's, it definitely are some of the coolest cemeteries that I've ever been to. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. Just like being in a town like that, that had, that had a lot of money, like, um, back in those like formative, like American years, you know? Um, yeah. Just like some really interesting, intricate, uh, like gravestones and like the Amelia Earhart earthwork was really cool to go see. Yeah. That was really cool. If we can get an aerial shot, I'll post that on the, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that, that place is certainly cool. Like I, I would go back to Atchison like, and, and just take that all in again. Like the energy was, was pretty wild. Um, Mueller's was, was, was dope. I oh, yeah, appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, a nice big old fat burger. 
it was exactly what I needed just to get, you know, back centered in that getting some good hot food. Yeah. I, I luckily have a friend, um, if I can plug real quick, pork in the road, food truck, Christian's a good dude from yeah. Atchison provided us with a lot of, uh, insider information. Um, just recommended a lot of cool spots for us to go visit and helped us try to find, um, some of the graves, the gravestones of, uh, the people that like the Finney family that lived in the house. Right. Yeah. 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 I will say that one of the things that took us out of the house that morning is, um, uncovering a few things regarding the history. And we still have some, some double checking and some research and fact checking and all that stuff on our end to do. But we think we uncovered a couple of things that people might've missed, um, along the way and yeah i think even a house is as as investigated as the sally house has some secrets that that need to be told you know yeah a couple things that slipped through the cracks we will verify those and of course come back to it that took us to some of the local uh cemeteries and um doing a little bit of sleuth work on our own in the international forest of friendship which still just sounds incredibly creepy to me yeah Um, we didn't go but we were like right on it and that place was really weird yeah yeah there was something there was some strong energy there's something unsettling about that place yeah next time we go back to atchison man we're gonna have to clear it out for a whole week because there's just so much going on there and Folks and friends and all of you, you weirdos that are into the paranormal, it's not just the Sally House. It is the whole city. Yeah, it's one of the most haunted towns in America. Yeah. And and it feels like it. Like all the, like the, there's a literal like nunnery. (laughs) (laughs) Like you can walk to it from the Sally House. Mm -hmm. Like that college is nuts. The campus is insane. All the houses, like I could spend a week just walking around looking at the architecture. Oh my God, that reminds me. I got to show you the video that uh, Trish sent me when she went to that, to the Benedictine College, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. She, oh, I'm going to show you something that's going to make your <laughs> flesh crawl, dude. Really? Can't wait. Uh, anyway, all right. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the whole town is like you throw a stone, you're going to hit a haunted house. Mm-hmm. It is just saturated with this stuff. And again, like we mentioned earlier, there, there's a lot of elements there. I mean, a meeting point for several flowing bodies of water. Um, yeah, the only thing behind the Sally House in the backyard is the river because it yeah. used to be the front right. street. Mm-hmm. But so that's all that's back there is just flowing water. Yeah. You have uh, tons of railways coming in and out of that place, tons of power grids. So you you have a lot of elements that are just kind of kind of making this place to be like a tuning fork for high strangeness, to be honest. Yeah. I wonder if anybody's ever looked into um, UFO reportings around that area. Yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to look into that. The skies were clear, that's for sure. So after uh, after we went out in a boot and we explored the cemeteries and uh, the Amelia Earhart Park, which was – that really was awesome. And I uh, showed you all how to get rid of those uh, horribly annoying Canadian geese. Yes. <laughs> anyway. We ended up returning back to the Sally House after a uh, uh, nice – Pub burger and mm-hmm. some tasty things. Mm-hmm. And they had white zombie. They did. They did. <laughs> or zombie or dust. Zombie dust. Yeah, yeah, zombie yeah. dust, which um, I do miss. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's one of the very few things that I miss about Indiana. Zombie dust. We end up coming back to the house and that's when we got the EVP, right? Yep. Because we were not in the house at all when, they, when we caught it. 
That's right. Uh, <laughs> we, we had three different uh, recorders that were set to... Like cassette tape voice recorders. Yeah, voice activated, and then I had the one DAT recorder upstairs yep. in the closet. And then we also had the battery display when we got back. Yeah, inside the house. Yeah, and uh, Alejandro set this little battery shrine up, like I want to say in the first hour and a half that we were in the house. And I had no idea what he was really doing when he was over there setting it up to begin with. But uh, after he had it all set up, he just looks over at me and goes, you said it drains batteries, right? And I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah. Right on. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's see what happens. Like, damn, that was smart. <laughs> and... um. Throughout the throughout the course of the entire weekend, the only time that we ever witnessed the batteries fall, we did see one battery fall on its own one time. Mm-hmm. We saw what happened when Alejandro accidentally bumped it with his hip, and they all came crashing down. Yep. But even after he had it set up, us going in and out of that front door, both the door and the screen door opening, mm-hmm. closing, clicking on itself, no matter how hard we slammed it or yeah. how like how much we pulled it, never knocked the batteries off. No. And like that carpet in that room is kind of softer. So like our footsteps weren't yeah. knocking it off. Or you had to physically like touch the the piece of for, like furniture, like the yeah. stand to for them to move. Yeah, that's that's what made it so interesting upon us returning is like the recorder and the recorder was on that same shelf, right? Um, there was a recorder on that shelf, but not the one that captured the voice. The EVP. Okay. Because that EVP was captured inside the salt circle. That's right. Because the recorder was inside the salt. Talk about the EVP. What, what you picked up from it, what your reaction was, all of it. Yeah. Um, for me, the EVP, um, it's the only thing that we caught on the recorder the entire time that we were gone. Um, the voice activated one. And it said, um, for me, it was two different voices that one said, bless you. And the other said, you're a saint. And they were both female voices. And then the song played for like, I want to say like between five and 10 seconds. I don't remember exactly how long, but it was like closer to 20. Okay. Yeah. So it played for a, a decent bit. And it was interesting because the song that it played is like seven minutes long. Yeah. And yeah. there's maybe like a minute or two of of vocals. Yeah, the uh the the song for for the media reference here is 420 by Macintosh Plus, which is a side project of Vectroid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vectroid is a uh electronic musician and there are multiple reasons why it's fascinating that that song in particular came into play. Um, the reasons that that song I think are interesting is, uh, one, like the main thing for me is that there's nothing like we didn't know what that song was. No, there's nothing that that song could have been played on in the house. Like it was just just a totally random song. And then also the connection with, um, with Jill. Let her tell. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't want to get too deep into that, but there's a very deep personal connection between like the artist and Jill. Um, and I think that, God, what was the other thing? Oh, it, well, the lyrical content to it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So the song in, it like interpolates or like samples, I think it was like Diana Ross. Yeah. It's a Diana Ross song. Um, and so all the vocals are like Diana Ross and it's, 
or reworked from it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I th- I think there are a couple of samples of her voice in there, but mm-hmm. I think that, like the lyrics are very different from the actual Diana Ross song. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it is. It, it yeah, Lisa Frank four twenty doing it. So yeah, and the um, it's your move. <laughs> I made up my mind. Time is running. I'll make a move. <laughs> yeah, it's a baller song. Yeah, it really is. But what's really interesting, you know, the only reason that we were able to figure out what song it was is because of the lyrics Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, only play for a short portion of the actual song. Now, and I I have to admit that, like, Macintosh Plus and also Vectroid are, like, extremely, uh, well, I wouldn't say obscure, but they're definitely not radio. No, uh, I mean, there's an artist that, like, we're pretty... I'm not going to toot our own horns, but we're we're pretty. But John is we're deep music. into the underground, yeah. yeah. And it's uh, we are music people, and I have never heard of the of you know not to put this artist down. I have never cr- crossed paths with this artist or had ever heard this song. I had heard of Vectroid. I had not heard of uh, their earlier, was. yeah. Which is the it's it's still them. They're just yeah doing a different it's project, said, yeah, right? Yeah. And the um. Yeah, and this album was super influential to like it's a very important yes because like, the artist is trans like yes. she's yeah and uh that album the Macintosh Plus album that that the 420 Lisa Frank thing came from that was a very influential album for that time period and and for uh, transgender people yeah this is this is a theme that's going to keep popping up here and, and we'll get a little bit further into that but if you look at the history of some of the inhabitants potentially some of the inhabitants of the Sally house yet gender identity seem and the struggle uh with it seems to come up a couple of times yeah and i think like yeah especially yeah just looking back you know i i i think that that all loops like that's like one of the biggest synchronicities in i think why we were able to capture the evidence that we were able to capture. Mm-hmm. But also the lyrics that were played go into our theories about uh, like the history of the house. Because yes. what played was, I'm giving up on trying to sell you things that you ain't buying. Mm-hmm. And then it played that for a few seconds and then just like, literally it was like it record scratch stopped and that was all that was recorded. Yeah, it was really weird. And as a matter of fact, I will make it a point that I play that uh, that sample at the end of this episode. So be sure to stick around to the very end before I do the cold close. It'll be the last thing that I play for you guys. So uh, they'll get a chance to hear it. Yeah, and it's a good song. It's, yeah. it's vibey for sure. It's so, like trance-like. It was significant that uh, it, that that song in particular came on, especially not only because of its content and because of its cultural references to some of the other theories that we have going on about the Sally House, but also because the probability of that showing up in any airwaves in Atchison, freaking Kansas, mm-hmm. is zero to none. Yeah, because the only college stations that are there are Benedictine College. Yeah, which we know how the Catholic Church feels about trans people yeah i don't think i want to know how they feel about radio because it'll probably just put me to sleep but yeah that's the thing but also there was nothing in the house that could have played music Mm -hmm. like we took all of our phones we took all you know we we had our equipment with us i use maybe a laptop would play a song that none of us have ever heard before like it doesn't make any sense no it doesn't although it does all right so oh i didn't even think about that 
We got to get Alejandro to look through all of He was doing that music divination experiment. Yeah. He needs to look through all of those and make sure that that song is no, on No, we there. did. There's not on any, any it's of not? the... Yeah. Ooh. It's not on any of the iPads that he had. So the only way that that song would have been able to show up on that tape is if it was actually being broadcast in or being recorded live. So it either have to have been imprinted onto the tape through an electromagnetic imprint. Yep. Or spoken directly into the microphone. As a broadcast. Ex- well, n- yeah. Well, yeah. that's what it's like. Broadcast through what? It's like there's nothing there that could broadcast. It doesn't make any sense. I know. <laughs> I know. It makes absolutely no freaking sense whatsoever. But we could probably do an episode just dissecting this DVP. I think that's going to have to end up happening. <laughs> like every time I go back and listen to it, and I think about how it all plays out. What's going to end up happening is the three of us are going to sit down, and maybe Jill, if she's available, we're going to sit down. We're gonna we're gonna break that thing apart. Yeah. Well, this is like you know, like you hear EVPs, and I'm sure we're going to have some uh, that are like you know, whispery and like you know. Stuff that is questionable. Um, this, to me, is not questionable. Like, this, to me, is... Like, we caught it on... N- none of us were in the house. It was on a cassette tape recorder. Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle of the house. It wasn't near any windows. It was, you know, it's not like someone could hold a speaker up to the window and catch. Like, it, it was in the middle of the kitchen. Yep. Or in the middle of the dining room. Um, playing a song... Like trying to figure out how, and, and like song in terms of like instruments, like beats, like like the same voice, like not someone singing the song, like the voice from the song being played, right? Like it doesn't make any like how like, and then the two voices at the beginning were grade A, class A, the 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 <laughs> and no, and the fact that they happen, you you hear the you hear the actual audio waver or. Yeah. Like almost like blur for a second. As soon as it pops out of that, that's when you hear them. Yeah. Bless you. Yeah. You're a saint. It's just, ugh. it's nuts. It's not just nuts. It's bananas. Yeah. That to me, I think was one of the best pieces of evidence that I've like ever like heard. Yeah. We will definitely be sharing that at the end of this episode. Actually, I probably have punched it in a couple of times at this point and let yeah. him hear it. So, it's- all right. So, um, um, after we returned home, we, uh, we got that EVP. What, what was next on the agenda? Um, I think at that point we were all, well, I got my card dread and that was really interesting. You know, obviously like any kind of tarot read is, is a little personal, but just like a lot of re like affirmation in my own, I, I think getting your cards read in a place like that with that energy there is really interesting, hmm. especially with Jill. Cause Jill's as, 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 as you guys have heard that episode that, that, when we're when we're recording this it came out pretty recently right yeah yeah. um but like she has very positive strong feminine energy and i think like getting your cards read from her in that house like having that energy played up was really interesting yeah and i got some really cool um you know thoughts to think about from the from that reading yeah um and then we were really focused on uh doing our nighttime session um and just making sure we had all the equipment that we needed and you know making sure we were all rested and yeah you know we walked around oh and then trish came that's right yeah yeah. (laughs) forgot about that yeah um and that was super interesting because i was 
I spent a lot of time with Trish, just with like an EMF and uh, and a and a handheld um, camera. Full, I was recording full spectrum, and just like being in the house and walking around, like with her perspective, I think was was super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and being in the basement with her was really wild because like hearing her firsthand account of the first time she was down there in the basement was um was really cool. Like yeah. she picked up on a lot of the stuff. Like I think pretty pretty right away i never like interacted with someone that that picked up things the way that she did she's definitely got a unique take on it that's for sure yeah yeah um and then i had i think probably my most profound like personal experience later that night uh with jill in the nursery um what was that well that was when i felt like i got scratched Mm, yeah (laughs) yeah uh that was when um there was a lot of activity because I also that was when I saw the the shadow figure in the window it was when we walked back in and y'all were doing um the thing in the kitchen or in the in the dining room yeah um and I walked in and just felt like I I feel like I snapped a picture of it but it's super grainy it's probably not now where did you see it then that same window that we got the other picture right okay. um and it just felt like I I felt like I saw like a head and shoulders and I felt like it noticed me and then just like dissipated back, like either stepped back or like dissipated back. Seemed to be an ongoing theme throughout that whole trip is everybody got a sense that something was looking in from that particular window. Well, especially the after the first night yeah. with the Estes session and everything that was going on. <laughs> and then um, I remember very specifically, uh, I was like, man, that window is creeping me out. And you were like, it was like during the day and you were just like, I'm opening every window i was like <laughs> fuck all right <laughs> <clears throat> we're doing it and i was like yep that's what we're here for yep and so yeah and then i saw i felt like i saw like a full head and shoulders looking in it was pretty wild yeah and um yeah going up we, jill and i went to the nursery solo because we heard the rim pod go off that's right yeah, yeah and apparently um it went off a couple of times i guess while um yeah. y'all were doing the, the 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 ritual in the dining room and uh, Jill and I were, we went back, we came back in and went up into the nursery when the rim pod went off and kind of closed the door and did our own like sessions. And that was wild. Like the feeling in there was like, it felt like every spirit in the house was, was in that room. Yeah. Or it felt like there were at least like five, like, like swirling energy. Hmm. And I just felt we, we were asking questions and got the rim pod to light up a couple of times, like on the question. Yeah. And that was really cool. But then I started feeling like kind of like dull pains in my side and um, dull pains in my back. Just kind of like um, like someone's like put like just pressure pain. Like someone is just like pushing. Digging their thumb into your side or something. Yeah. And it just kind of like crawled up. And I was like, man, I have like four different spots that are hurting. And Jill was like, do you want to walk out? And I was like, oh, it's okay. Um, And then I had the pain on my neck. And the pain on my neck went from like pressure, pressure to like burn. Yeah. And it just started burning. Yeah. And that's when I ended up meeting back up with you again because you had stepped we came outside. Down, yeah. We came yeah. downstairs. Yeah. And you asked me to take a look at your neck, which. Well, we stayed in because I was sitting on the couch for a minute and I was just burning and burning. And I was like, oh, God. And I just had to walk out. Yeah. I think if I hadn't have walked out, it would have just got like my whole neck would have just been on fire. Yeah. Because the second I walked out the door. It was You're like, fine. Yeah, it was fine. The place is potent, man. Yeah. Well, that's like I walked back in and I was just like, I 
felt every place that had been hurting had felt like there was just like fingers in it, just like digging. It felt like I had like eight fingers just like in like every spot that had hurt before. And there was more to it for you for that night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And then I was, you know, did the, I, I, I had to leave for sure. I had to step out and chill out in the car and take a nap for a little while. I had couldn't be in there. Yeah. I just felt like it had started to like physically affect me to a point that I was a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. And so then going back in, um, you know, Kansas in December is cold, so I couldn't stay in the car all night. <laughs> no. uh, eventually, I had to come drag you out of yeah. there. Yeah, well, I, I I wanted to come back in and, and sleep anyway, but um, then I woke up at like five by myself and couldn't go back to sleep and felt like there was just someone like literally an inch away from my face, like standing, standing over you, staring over at you. And I was just in my sleeping bag. It was covered my face, and I just was like, I can't pull it down because I just think there's going to be something there. And so then I finally like got the courage, got myself up and went back into the car and hung out in the car until I figured someone was awake. Oh man. Luckily Jill was up. So we were able to drink coffee and hang out and talk about it. Yeah. That part of that place affected me a lot. Yeah. For sure. And, um, kind of with you the first night, uh, away from it. Yeah. A little bit. Um, I think it, it, it was just like residual stuff. And I personally don't dream a lot. And um, I just, I, I don't feel like anything followed back to my house or I wasn't super affected. Lucky guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I wasn't crazy affected that night, but I definitely had a dream that we were there. It was like us um, in the house. I think just like, it was almost like I was replaying like the moments that I disassociated, you know? Right. Yeah. And it was like watching us like in, like in a movie. And yeah, that ghost ovulus in that house was wild. I don't the mean, what the the that app the the cell phone app. <laughs> oh yeah, the ovulus. Yeah. yeah, dude, that was pretty bananas. It's pretty fun. I mean, I'm you know we were just like I was like if I'm in this house, might as well pull it out. And I will say I do not get as much activity in my house as I did in that house. <laughs> like on that little thing with the oh yeah. spinny yeah yeah. And then yeah. I was like, hey, maybe you know I don't, I don't know. Maybe the app is is uh, is worth downloading. But then it runs an ad, and I'm like, yeah, no. yeah, maybe not so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's what the 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 expensive equipment is for. True, and I wish I could afford an actual ovulus. Like those things are amazing. But oh, we'll get there, man. Even if I can afford it, four hundred bucks is a little steep for that thing. No, yeah. yeah At yeah. that point, I, I think I just need to learn how to build my own. I think would probably be the way hey, to go. I'm here for that. Yeah. You have any uh, uh, closing thoughts or, or ideas or things that you want to share about your personal experience there before we uh, we move forward? I would encourage you if if you are looking for you know your own true experience. If you've watched the stuff and you're obviously interested in this, if you're listening to the podcast, you know I think that. Going to those places is important and feeling that is important. So I feel more positive after like going through those experiences. Mm. Um, I feel like overall it was a, it was affirming in my belief that like there's something going on. I think that this house just made me want to go and do these things more. And I think that one of my things that I was worried going in was that it was going to like scare me and I wasn't going to want to do anything after, but even like it's still mildly the scared the shit out of you and now it just makes you want to go and do it more yeah but i mean it's just like it's it's like that itch man it's like you're in that moment and, and you feel those things and it's like no i want to feel it again like, i want to do it again once you have that 
that that real heavy personal experience that kind of solidifies like whether it's proof for the masses or not you don't care but for you personally it solidifies a few things that yeah yeah there's more there's more to this yeah it's, it's well i've an- always wanted to have like something in my back pocket that was non-arguable I, I feel like we do. Like, tell me how that happened. Mm-hmm. Tell me how, you know, you can just, you know, we, we can argue photographs all you want, but tell me how that recording happened. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I'm, I'm, believe open. me, there, there are <laughs> like a thousand different scientific explanations for it, but we know better. And, yeah. and that's the thing is like, we could send that out to a thousand different people. They can analyze it. We'll get a thousand different answers, but all of those answers are coming from a place that they're trying to discredit it. And I understand that they have to in order to develop that scientific hypothesis. Yeah, we tried to discredit it immediately. We were yeah, like, yeah. how, um, like, what? But no, that like every everything that we did pick up, it you know, not only the EVP, but those two little uh, anomalies that I picked up on the full spectrum camera. Yeah. Um, and the, the anomalies we got on Polaroid pictures. Yeah. Yep. Yep whole bunch of orbs yep um and we i mean the one we got on the digital camera that's right yeah the head in the window mm-hmm. that picture is nuts it is <laughs> it is like when you think about like oh what's back there nothing oh it's not reflecting on the blind so it has to be from the outside oh mm. <laughs> god i can't wait to go back i really can't but the next time we do uh atchison we're gonna have to turn that into a minimum a week because there's so much there that I want to go check out other yeah. than the Sally House. I want to get balls deep in that Chamber of Commerce for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, Walker. Well, hey, thank you so much for uh, for joining me for, for your personal account of this. Obviously, you're going to be back for uh, the closeout of this, and hopefully we're going to have the full-on group conversation of the four of us, you, me, Alejandro, and Jill. But, yeah, thanks for thanks for hanging out, buddy. Yeah, of course, man. Look forward to doing this more. All Can't right. wait to get out to more spots. Until next time. I'd like to thank Brother Walker for joining me again to tell us his view of the events, a prime example of how that house affected each and every one of us differently. Next up, we're going to get Alejandro's input on how the house interacted with him. I'd also like to note that all of these segments are heavily edited to focus on the main points in each conversation. I will be releasing extended and uncut versions in the near future once we have the Patreon up and running. But in the meantime... Alrighty, Brother Alejandro, here we go. I'm going to welcome back Alejandro, back into the Black Lodge. Brother Alejandro, how are you, my friend? Thank you. Uh, So good to have you back. Now, we just, uh, earlier in this episode, we talked about uh, Walker's first-hand account and what he experienced during his time there, and now I kind of want to get a rundown of yours, because it's important that we get kind of everybody's point of view from this, because we are all very unique individuals, and we perceive this very differently, which is one of the most fascinating parts about this whole journey, is that we all had experiences. Some of them are the same, some of them are individual. We all brought something to the table, and we all left with something different. Very true. And, you know, months later, uh, my opinion on what's going on there is different than when I left, too. Uh, it, it's ever-evolving. There's a lot to think about there, and we'll talk about that as this series progresses, of course. I want to talk about your perception on going from point A to point B. Like, the journey there are two days there. However, there is one element that you wanted to share that kind of precedes us actually leaving. 
Yeah, actually, the I had a dream. I always have vivid dreams. Um, they're not always this direct, I guess. But about a week and a half or so uh, before we actually left to go to the Sally house, um, I had a dream of the three of us, uh, myself, Alondro, uh, Flood, and Walker, essentially do, performing a paranormal investigation in what seemed to be a warehouse. But two things were the main points that I took away from this dream. Uh, one of them was none of us had our shoes, and we were trying to make it a point to get our shoes back. And so the lesson I took from that was, <laughs> don't take off our shoes at the house. And that ties into the second point, which was there was a big dude, like like oversight, like twice as large as a normal man, um, extremely uh, foreboding and... Domineering like, tower- presence. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. And towering over us and trying to intimidate us. And without speaking, there weren't any words... Um, but there was very much a sense of you're not welcome here. You're never going to be welcome here. And mm-hmm. so, again, that goes back to the whole shoes thing. We're not welcome at the house. We shouldn't take our shoes off. And so I, I made that pretty clear <laughs> um, before we went. And I, I followed through with that. <laughs> well, I, I heeded your advice, but eventually I was going to have to take a shower. And so after that oh, point, that's I was your like, first well, mistake. Yeah. Yeah. I bathed in the water of Vachinson. There's also a vial of it sitting on the shelf. Over really? There. Yeah. Oh, so, well, I brought a little piece of Atchison home with me. Absolutely. So that was uh, that was your. I don't want to call it a premonition, but that was your precursor event, like your yeah. your odd synchronicity that stood out to you before we actually took off. Yeah, that was definitely um, the most notable. Yeah. Beyond that. I had already mentioned in the previous episode about the torrential downpour and how that seemed almost otherworldly, like how intense it was. That was crazy. Like, yeah. 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 You brave, sir, drove longer than you should have. And I, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I appreciate your bravery, but yeah, I'm glad we pulled over when we did that. that there was, it, it yeah. Was there was a certain thing. point there where the wipers were not doing anything at yeah, yeah. all. It was still just, it was it like was a white haze of static buckets, just yeah. buckets. After that, we managed to make it to St. Louis, and we uh, we stayed overnight there. Heather, again, thank you so much. We love you. Thank we you. love you so much. Um, thank you for your hospitality, uh, the place to crash, uh, these weary paranormal investigators that uh, ransacked your house and um, basically just slept. And, and thank you for the electricity, because I was able to charge up all the devices that I wanted to bring. Mm-hmm. Which will come into play a little bit later, definitely. Yes. All right. So after uh, St. Louis, we all packed up for the morning, and at that point, we only had four and a half, five hours left. Right? It yeah. was a, yeah. a pretty quick roll. Um, that day went by kind of without incident, but as we approached it, I, I know that every single one of us in the car were saying, "Like, do you feel that? Do you feel that? Does it feel weird? Yeah. Yeah. You feel that? Yeah." As we approached Atchison, there was a feeling that I got that was really, really similar to when I went to Point Pleasant and when I went to Lydia's Bridge last, which was this bizarre, intense change in, of air pressure that becomes somewhat disorienting, like almost like a oxygen high sense just mm-hmm. for a brief moment. And um, the smell of jasmine keeps coming up. 
every time I go out to do one of these investigations, the lead up to it, I have this moment where I have like a dissociative spot where I just kind of check out, but all I can smell is jasmine. Oh, there's worse scents. Jasmine's pretty nice. There are definitely worse smells. Yeah. I mean, you've been in New York? I have not. I would prefer not to go off into the <laughs> astral plane in an alleyway in New York. Yeah, definitely. There was a sense like we were breaking or getting close to breaking the surface tension of a of a neat little bubble there around Atchison. Like I was um taking the time in the uh in the uh back seat there to draw some sigils on myself, protective sigils and all of that. And I finished right before we crossed the the town line or whatever that welcome to Atchison sign. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, interesting that the timing kind of, you know, I, I finished it right before we crossed that arbitrary <laughs> town line. But the the way that that there was definitely a sense that we were we were crossing, uh, you know, service tension of a paranormal bubble of sorts. Yeah. It's a little weird to actually cross a line and say, Toto, I think we're in Kansas again. <laughs> <laughs> but um. All right, so so yeah, that was the build up, and then at that point in the evening, we we got there what around five or so, four thirty five, like around. yeah, somewhere around there. We still had some decent daylight left. When and we first uh, Jill up. was already there waiting mm-hmm. on us, and yeah. uh, you all graciously humored me while I took five minutes to walk into the house and have a quick conversation with it. And then after that, we all kind of just started filing in and. Like so, so what was your experience like from the moment that we actually started like funneling in and bringing mm-hmm. in all the stuff and getting set up? Yeah, I was the last one into the house. I feel like that's that's happening several times lately. Is I'm always the last one in or out of a place. Um, I didn't bring all my gear in at first. I just had my satchel. I went in there. You guys were all ready in there, and I definitely took a moment and before crossing the threshold of the house, and I was like, "Hey." You know, like it, it was, it was like I knocked and I waited because it's like, it wouldn't, if, if you had visitors, you'd prefer them to knock, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and even if they're, you know, and again, the whole thing of like, we're not welcome here, we're not going to be, but it's, you know, it's still courteous on some level to knock, even if you're not welcome. <laughs> Having been a, a political uh, canvasser, I can definitely, you know, <laughs> not being welcome and knocking anyway. That's definitely a thing. You certainly understand the plight. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, going in there, you guys had started uh, kind of um, unloading some stuff over on the dining room. And yeah, just taking a few minutes to step carefully around the ground floor there. It's not, you know, it's not somewhere that. At least not at first, and not for me. Uh, walking casually around didn't seem possible, I guess. You know, it was like measured steps slowly around the living room at first, you know, and the... Uh, very, very small space, too. Yeah. It's, uh, I cannot stress how small this house is. It's very small. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's super duper small. Um, it may be two stories, but it's it feels like it's built out of cardboard. And even though it's like mostly brick, I think on the exterior, the interior, it just yeah, it's uh, it's been there a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's another thing too. It's like this house from the outside; it doesn't look like it's over a century old. It's got some age to it, but it doesn't 
you know, outwardly, it doesn't, you, you wouldn't necessarily think that it's over a century old, which is interesting. And then the inside too, it's oddly proportioned somewhat. And it, the, <laughs> the decoration, uh, and, and thank you to the Atchison Center of Commerce if they set up the, uh, interior design and all of that but it, it it more or less looks like it could be someone's great aunt's house you know yeah it's it's something that i would definitely expect uh stumbling into parents or grandparents home yeah. uh, growing up in natchez mississippi or, or down in new orleans you know it's it's a house yeah it's it's a house yeah there is there's nothing spectacular about it as far as its uh architecture mm. or the way that it was built it was i mean to be honest it's a little bit shoddily built like there's there's literally uh from the upstairs bathroom there's a hole that goes straight down into the basement. <laughs> there's also like I I have to admit that the Sowling House itself has a naturally disorienting nature mm-hmm. because of this. Like yeah. the foundation, the the structure of the house has changed. There are things where you know things are a little unlevel in mm-hmm. some places or softer and. Like each set of staircases in that house is awkwardly built. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it almost puts you on your back foot. So, it does. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it, or it keeps you on tense. Like, yeah, you have to, you have to watch your step, mm-hmm. or you're gonna you end up hurting yourself. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like the bottom step is missing to go into the basement. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the steps leading upstairs are like oddly proportioned too. Now going back to that that first night uh, around the time that I was down in the dining room and I was kind of like doing systems check and and getting equipment up and running that's when you were upstairs and had your first mm-hmm. run in with um yeah with the energy there yeah, yeah. that was and, and this is like 15 minutes into us being here um tops uh, I went up the stairs well I stopped at the bottom of the stairs looking up and I'm like Taking a minute there to see, like, just a moment to say, hey, is there anything looking back? <laughs> um, I didn't sense anything at that point, but I went upstairs um, and then stood on the, the just the very top step there. And from that vantage point, you can see into the nursery somewhat, can see down the hall into that next bedroom and then into the master bedroom there, too, uh, the yeah. main bedroom <clears throat> next to the stairs. But then I just, yeah, I sat down, I settled there on the top step and just settled into a meditative state and... You know, started to just immerse myself in the energy up there, and almost immediately, it just became oppressive. Um, you know, and sitting there for I don't know, maybe a minute tops, it felt like something was starting to manifest. You know, like to the point where I felt like eyes on me. There was something leering at me, circling. Um. And you 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 gave the impression that it was like pacing back and forth. Yeah, and- like to the point where I could hear its footsteps and feel the indentations in the carpet. Yeah, yeah, sitting there, meditating, eyes closed, and all of that. There was no one else up there, but me, and um, I could hear footsteps and I could feel impressions in the carpet. And what I find really interesting is is that you used one word in particular to describe it whenever you first started talking about this with us, and that was I forget now. <laughs> We've talked about this so much, but like the uh, the, the energy in the house. That's yeah, that's how you right. Yes, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Seriously, skulking. skulking. Yeah, as exactly like seriously, it felt like something was bearing down on me, trying to get me to flinch. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was again. This is ten minutes into our stay here. Um, 
and me just sitting up there and it it felt very very solid it went from like just overall oppressive energy up there to you know truly condensing into something almost corporeal like it was yeah it was very intense very quickly but almost as soon as that it like i was only up there for maybe 5 minutes but then it was just it dissipated yeah. now for the uh, the rest of that evening after that moment you came back down and joined us while we were mm-hmm. kind of setting stuff up were you were you starting to set up like the battery trap at that point yeah or, or like was after that later? Yeah, no I, I after i came downstairs is when i went out to get the rest of my gear i hadn't brought anything major in but that's when i brought in you know like the duffel bag that i had of like all the equipment <clears throat> electronics and all of that and then yeah that's when i started setting up the um ipods on the dining room table for the tech technique, first field experiment, which was cool. Um, but okay, then so the battery grid. Let's talk about that yes. before we move forward. Okay. Then we're going to go into the, the battery grid. So um, Alejandro has kind of devised a, a form of music divination, um, which I find to be pretty fascinating. And at this point, I think we're advancing on it and we're starting to think of, of ways to play around mm. with this. And I love this idea. I think it's great. And it's uh potentially another form of itc uh, instrumental uh itc yes uh, instrumental transcommunication uh another opportunity for entities or energies that are in the area to potentially manipulate electronic um devices in order to communicate with us mm-hmm. which i find to be pretty fascinating um and i'm i'm not going to lie like when you were first setting this up i'm like huh i mean interesting but nah I was wrong. Um, you were pretty dismissive of it. At first. I was. I, remember, I, yeah. I am the first to admit I was really <laughs> dismissive of it. I was like, actually, no, that's not fair. I was not dismissive. Uh, dismissive. I was very, very focused on what I knew I had to do, and well, so yeah, it's yeah. it's really hard for me to get out of business mode whenever mm-hmm. I walk into that. So the things that I can understand and control, I need to get them set up, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, but you were taking a different route on that, and the outcome of it was freaking fascinating yeah it really was yeah definitely um so let's let's briefly talk about this method and i want you mm -hmm. to go into it and let's talk about some of the results we had then we'll talk about the the battery grid okay yeah uh so i am calling it the tech technique uh because i was a trauma emergency cleanup technician uh when i first started noticing patterns in the music that i was listening to while cleaning up these scenes murder scenes unintended deaths, suicides, all sorts of stuff. Um, I started noticing patterns in the, you know, in the music that I had on shuffle, Um, you know, probably 200, 300 songs tops. Um, But there shouldn't have been, you know, repetitions going on. It was on shuffle, you know, meant to just play one song once, you know, before it moves on. And I started noticing patterns. Um, and this was this was years ago now, but I mean, like, I've always kept that in mind. And I was still, you know, in my own way doing little paranormal investigations there. Hmm. And it wasn't every single job. But anyway, you know, fast forward. It kind of sounds like this. the investigations were happening to you. You just kind of went along for the Exactly. Ride. That's exactly what, what yeah. it was. I was uh, following death around, as it were. Yeah. And death in, started to look back a little. Yeah. I was in, I was in death's employee for a good while there. Um, but fast forwarding to the Sally house. Yeah. That was the first like field experiment for that. 
Um, I brought uh, two old iPods that I got in second hand. Um, I didn't load any of the music on there. Um, and I put them on the kitchen table, had them on shuffle. There weren't any speakers or headphones or anything attached to it. Um, but I kept two stacks of post-it notes, one for each, um, that I was notating the songs and the approximate time, um, when I checked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's essentially, that's, that's what the tech technique is. Um, and again, you know, going forward here, going to definitely do some more intentional, deliberate um, you know, song choices and stuff for these. Um, yeah. 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 I, I think you're on to something and I think there's, there's something to be said for this tech technique, tech technique, trademark, trauma, emergency cleanup. Yes, it's <laughs> um, no, but there's something to it and I would be interested to see where that goes. Yeah. We'll yeah. work on it for sure. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean that, that was a really simple setup, literally iPod on charged at Heather's house. Charge at Heather's, yes. Yeah, charge at Heather's house. Um, you literally just flip them on, hit shuffle. There's no sound coming out of them, but that's all, you know. Um, and then I went and set up the battery grid on the shelf in the corner near the uh, front door. And that was literally like a buck, not a buck, like a whatever, a, a tub of old batteries so that I brought. Let's talk about why you set up the the battery, the the battery shrine or yeah. grid, whatever battery we want to call it. Battery grid, battery grid. Yeah, I, sure, I sure, like sure. shrine. It was shrine, more of a yeah, shrine. It was more of a shrine, a really. shrine. Yeah. yeah, I didn't bring the shelving unit, but yeah, for that one, it was a battery yeah, shrine. Yeah. They Definitely. offered the three layered uh, tier. Mm-hmm. Like we had to, yeah. we had to work with that. Definitely. But that that was really fascinating to me. Now the. Correct me if I'm wrong. The reason you decided to do that is is the Sally House is known, like most paranormal hotspots, for being battery drinkers. Absolutely, to the point mm-hmm. where they, like it literally can suck the power out of a device mm-hmm. like that. Um, we witnessed it once or twice ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, not thoroughly. It didn't happen to everything. It was only like one or two devices. The iPods, yeah. Okay, so the iPods there were fully charged. I had. Um, external power supplies for them too. Mm. And literally, I think, you know, one of them died before the end of the night um, and then turned back on in the morning. It's something that I'm noticing with those iPods using them more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those those went down pretty quickly. But the uh, yeah, the batteries, I mean, again, yeah, that's just classic paranormal stuff, you know, with uh, battery drainage and all of that. So I just, shut, I, <laughs> I set that up. Um, you know, with the intention that hopefully, you know, energies there would kind of take from those batteries instead of our devices or, you know, whatever. And again, this is all just experimental. Well, the news, uh, uh, who knows, it might have helped. I mean, because we really didn't have too many battery problems. Mm -hmm. I mean, the cameras that I have are known for being battery drinkers, so I don't attribute that Mm -hmm. to the house. But we only had one or two other devices like drain super fast, mm-hmm. um, which I guess was kind of nice. No. Yeah. So again, further experimentation uh, is warranted. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, I balanced them on end too, because it, it was a twofold experiment. One was for the actual energy of the batteries and two was balancing them on their ends. And this was a lot of batteries. I mean, this was probably... 20 uh 20 to 30 yeah something like yeah. that like double a's and then some d batteries and you had a um, couple of triple a's in there too yeah, mm-hmm. yeah um and yeah so balancing on their end uh 
was difficult in and of itself uh, at first, for sure, because like I would accidentally knock one over and then a whole bunch would fall. And like, I know you guys heard me like, oh, shit, shit, shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's there's numerous times where yeah. we're trying to have a conversation and you just hear this boom. <laughs> I didn't do it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but finally got those all set up and everything in that corner. Um, and uh, that uh, came yeah. back around later on, too. Yeah, that came back around on the morning, the, the second the morning. Second. We'll talk about that mm-hmm. a little bit later. Um, but from that point, all right, so you'd set up the battery grid. Mm-hmm. Everybody was kind of doing system checks and, mm-hmm. and getting everything set. I think from that point, we went into the Estes sessions. It was, I mean, there was definitely some time in between. I mean, but it was more of just like an exploration, you know, at that point. I went out Ah, at one point and I saw the cat go under the deck. We all saw Mm -hmm. the the black cat that was kind of lurking around. And Mm then um, uh, during that semi-downtime is also when Walker followed Jill down into the basement. Mm-hmm. While she was talking to Ama, and yes. we got the uh, the EVP down there. So this point in the evening, we had already gotten settled. Everybody had unpacked. We had done our systems check. We got the EVP down in the basement, which we uh, just talked about, and we will right. certainly touch on again towards the end of the series. Um, after that, it was pretty much downtime and then kind of prepping ourselves for the Estes sessions of the evening, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we had two of them that night and the first one was me as an operator, you as a receiver. And then the second one was me as a receiver and Jill as operator. Um, but let's talk about yours because we were getting some interesting things. And, and this is, I honestly think that I'm not meant to be an operator. I really do. I think somebody else is better su- suited for that. I either need to document or be receiver. Know thy role, you know? Yeah. I guess. But you were picking up on some pretty interesting things that night, and I would like us to to talk briefly about that if you Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, let's see. So, my aim in particular for that Estes session was trying to tune in to any, um, like, children that might have been there. You know, the spirits of children there. You know, like, I... I love children. Children are awesome. Kids are so cool. Um, and, uh, you know, I had, I have quite a few younger siblings, younger cousins that I took care of. I babysat for multiple families growing up. Um, and it's like my, my inner child is not very deep and kids can sense that, you know? Um, and so that, that was my, I was, I was trying to tune into any kids spirits. That sounds terrible. Kids spirits. Um, <laughs> Uh, if they were indeed there, you know, despite also, it's safe to assume that one of the reasons yeah. that you latched on to this was because of that whole legend and lore of. Seven. Right, exactly. Right. You know, yeah. like, and even though we didn't find any hard evidence for that, you know, I feel going into the Estes session um, that I did make contact with the spirit of a young girl and actually the spirit of a young boy as well. Um, I heard women a couple times. But after that is when things really uh, kicked into high gear, because after that is when I started sensing an aggressive male, Mm. like really super aggressive. I mean, at one point I, uh, I heard like a furious, furious voice going, girl, you know, like as if the, you know, a man was demanding that, you know, the girl in question returned to his side, like Mm. demanding 
Um, and I mean, it was, it was, he was very, very aggressive, like to the point where it felt like, like an energetic space heater, you know, with how angry he was. And it's interesting too, cause I was actually sitting by a heater vent mm. and I feel like the house kind of like twists your physical sensations in with metaphysical there too. Cause that goes into like the hearing stuff. You know, so oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It, it, it toys around with yeah. all of your senses, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but what's uh, you know, I guess interesting about that too is like I'm not an angry person. You know, like there are very few things that could really provoke me to violence, but my body was tensing up to fight this guy. You know, as I'm hearing these things and sensing them and all of that. Um, I mean, it was just an all-encompassing rage you know, from this energy. Um, and then, you know, cause it, it felt like, I, again, like I felt like I had made contact with the spirit of a young girl mm. and a young boy. Um, but something words, else came storming through and apparently pretty right. much led the three ring circus for the rest of the night. Right. Right. Is what it, yeah, definitely. Um, I heard, uh, a woman's sob, um, towards the end there. And then I'm not quite sure at one point, things started to settle down more, but like I was, I was actually having to, you know, concentrate on untensing because like physically I was like tensed up. Like my body was in like fight mode, you know, from, from this dude's aggression. Yeah. Um, so it was, yeah, that, I mean, that was pretty, uh, intense there. That Estes session for sure for me. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, but whenever we switched off, whenever you wrapped up, whatever, whatever came rolling in towards the end there for you, that's what ended mm-hmm. up sticking around for the rest of the night. Right. Yeah. I think, um, in mine as well as years later on, I think we were all called names. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, we sure. were all we were called insulted. pricks yeah. at one point, um, Jill, uh, a few more choice words, which I'm going to mm. save our audience from, and um, uh, kept calling you short man. Yeah, short right? man, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, there are a couple of other that I think were directed at me that I'm going to have to go back and listen to before I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to jump the shark there. Like, I, I need to go back and listen to him again, but. Yeah, we were all insulted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that place did. At one point or another, throughout the course of those two days, it did manage to get its fingers into each and every one of our heads very uniquely. Like, Taylor made experience for triggering you in something. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there there were at least a couple of times when I was completely overcome emotionally and I just started, like, crying out of nowhere. Um, I know that happened to a, a few of the rest of the team as well, and... That the place knows you. It knows you well. Yeah, there's definitely some buttons that it knows to press on different people. It's a psychic mirror of sorts. Like it, it knows you. Like if you're open to it, then it's it's gonna see how open you are, and it's gonna see what you have to offer, and it will play off of those particular emotional responses. I think that's what it does. Mm-hmm. It is intelligent. Absolutely. Yeah. When I was up on the second floor there, like at first, you know, meditating and sensing this thing, it was very intelligent and very focused is what I was feeling. And 
you know, uh, this is, you know, associating the two energies that I felt together, but I feel like that's not unreasonable. Um, you know, because like, if it was trying to get a reaction from me, um, you know, when we first got there and it didn't really get much, you know, maybe that's how it knew to really ramp up the aggression later on, you know, because it, it, it didn't get to me. It didn't make me flinch, you know, just by trying to be scary and, and lurking around skulking and all of that. So maybe like, that's why it went for the direct aggression, I guess. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Cause it, it, it seemed to kind of uh, adapt. Like we, I mean, I had no idea what was going on cause I was under, but apparently that second SS session was a little bit more provoking, hmm. you know? And, um, it seemed to back off towards the end. Like it, it was just like, okay, obviously I'm dealing with some strong people here. I'm going to go sneak off mm -hmm. away, or at least that's kind of the vibe that yeah, I got going back and listening to it. Interesting dynamics there for sure. Now the rest of that evening, honestly, like I think after we shut down from the Estes session, it was only like an hour, hour and a half before you and Walker were kind of like dozing off in the living room. Um, I remember being in the armchair. I wasn't particularly tired and I actually stayed up literally into the morning. I kept watch. I kept night watch. <laughs> um, after that, I mean, like I'm, I might've been just like chilling out, but like, I don't, I wasn't particularly sleepy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I definitely didn't take my shoes off, <laughs> but I did have some awesome slippers. I have some, uh, slippers that look like plush Chuck Taylors. Nice. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, I mean, if we're glossing over your Estes session, um, for the next episode, um, yeah, we'll talk about that one in depth yeah. because it, it kind of, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, it was years for, it's a lot of, uh, ex expanding upon for sure. Um, well, as is yours and we're going to share that one, uh, in whole as well, but I do have to admit, and then I'll, I'll let all of our listeners know right now that. Um, we, we will share the entirety of it when we can, but we have some theories that we need to work on and some things that we need to talk about before we share all of it uncut in its entirety. Would you agree? Like, yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a lot for us to process after our own trip there and how our view on this place has changed. And We'll adapt to that as we move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. So. Yeah. My brass tacks were, you know, what I said before for my Estes session at least. But, um, the, let's see. So going on to the, the first night. Okay. Yeah. So the first night, um, we all kind of picked our spots for sleeping. Jill and Walker stayed in the living room. Um, a walker like conked out <laughs> on the couch there. Uh, oh, yeah, after he taking went comatose off his shoes. real fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Jill had a cot there set up in the living room. You picked the uh, the main bedroom, um, and yeah. then okay. So no, this mm -hmm. that's like three or four in the morning. So you guys were actually dozed off completely. In that the was the room. second night. No, the first night I no, definitely no, no, stayed. The first off. night, me and Jill were up until like four or five in the morning, and that's when she ended up setting up her cot and everything. I mean, well, whatever time, I mean, I didn't sleep the first night until after sunrise. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause I, yeah. Cause I camped out, 
um, in that hallway outside the main bedroom. So I'm not sure what time we all settled in. I think so it was, maybe it was you pretty, were upstairs in because yeah, Jill and I hung around the dining room table from probably around midnight or a little bit after until about four in the morning, just shooting the shit and uh, talking about past paranormal experiences, things like mm-hmm. that. And that's when I ended up having the uh, um, the handprint mm-hmm. show up around my throat, um, mm-hmm. and I got the sensation of being choked. Um, good times. <laughs> you know Good non-consensual jeez um, but yeah like uh as far as timelines go i'm not i guess i'm not certain for that but i know for certain first night that we were there we'd all settled in i i know you were in the main bedroom because i heard you snoring but i sat up <laughs> in the uh in the hallway there um right in front of the banister mm-hmm um, in front of the main bedroom in the hallway. It's a very short hallway. I mean, again, this house is Alejandro went into sentry mode. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kept watch. I kept watch. Spiritual sentry. Um, I like it. Yeah. Well, I think it's good too, because it's, you know, if everyone is asleep, you know, then we're not conscious to pick up on things. Um, and Correct. so essentially what I did is I set up, uh, um, one of my altar cloths there. And then I had my, I don't think I had my sleeping bag out, but like I had my blanket and I sat upright, uh, in a meditation pose and, uh, curled up, swaddled myself in my blanket. I had a couple of recorders going. Um, and I literally just meditated for, you know, literally past sunrise. But at one point, actually a couple points, um, I heard you, um, chuckle and then speak in an Irish accent, which didn't get it. It didn't get recorded for whatever reason. I had literally had one on on each side of me, one pointing towards the main bedroom, one towards the nursery, and the other bedroom. What did I say? I well, see, that's the thing. I didn't. I couldn't tell what words, but it was clearly an Irish accent and chuckling. <laughs> yeah, um, and like I almost wanted to see if you were awake, but I was like. And this is this is hours. Like this is literally an hour or two afterwards, after we um all settled in and whatever. I heard taps, um, and knocking high up off the floor. Like this wasn't like you know you're walking around tapping on the wall next to you. This was like near the ceiling, is what it sounded like. Taps, knocks, like gentle knocks, um, particularly from the main bedroom there where you were at. Hmm. Um, there's a, uh, rocking chair in that, the second bedroom. In the guest bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that thing sounds like it's going to burst into splinters at any moment. I mean, that thing oh, is you sit so on, it's like, Yeah. It, it literally yeah. sounds like it's going to break into splinters. Um, I sounds heard. like a pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> um, I heard, I heard creaking from that room at least a couple times. Um. I did too. Yeah. Um. And so that was all before sunrise. I didn't lay down to sleep until I heard Jill and Walker starting to stir downstairs. Like, and that was after sunrise. Yeah. So that was, that was my first night. (laughs) They're keeping watch. So, oh, uh, the biggest thing actually, I mean, other than, I feel like your chuckling and Irish accent was really interesting actually. But, um, like in the, you know, like not towards sunrise but like maybe half an hour 45 minutes before sunrise um i uh i i heard some stuff going around you know i just sensed that that energy build up again Mm. 
you know, from that I'd felt when we first got there. And I shifted um, and accidentally touched the power button on one of the phones that I was recording on. And the screen lit up. And when that happened, I immediately felt this like withdrawal of like the energy. Like it was like, oh, you know, he's not, you know, it was like as though they're awake. I got to go hide. Right. It was as if it hadn't, you know, been aware of my presence, of my consciousness, you know, before that, that I was actually awake, Mm. you know, previous to that, Um, which was interesting. So we got to go back. Yeah. 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 All right. So, um, Second day, how did the the morning start off? Let's see. Uh, I think I slept in until nine because, because <laughs> again, I didn't go to sleep until five after six, sunrise. Right, yeah, yeah. So whatever the yeah whatever time the sun rose is about when I went to sleep. Um, uh, first coffee, of course. Um, <laughs> and I think that's when we were just discussing plans for the day and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um. Because we decided on the field trip to get some supplies, um, the field trip for the the park and the cemetery, um, and then food, you right? Know, lunch and all of that. Um, and before we left, I'm not sure what time we left. It was probably late morning, I think. Uh, Summer, I want to say ten. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Ten o'clock. Yeah, something like that. Ten ten thirty. Something. Mm-hmm. Like that. Um. Again, I was the last one of the house, but before I left, I set up the salt circle uh, sanctuary on the dining room table um, and put some jelly beans in there. And uh, there's uh, <laughs> actually they're they're every flavor beans and the carton they come in is reminiscent of like that old timey style of candy box, you know, like the red and white striped mm-hmm. candy box. And so that's why I put those in there, too. Um, but all of that with the intention of being, you know, uh, uh, you know, a sanctuary for any innocent energies that might be there, you know, particularly since I'd sensed the, you know, children spirits there during the S's session. Um, I set all of that up on the, on the, uh, dining room table. And then I had the cassette recorder, um, that I've been using for that and put that in the circle as well. So you put that in the center of the mm-hmm. salt circle yeah. and this mm-hmm. is the one that caught what we're, yes. okay. All right. So, yeah. Um, at that point, we left the house for, I would say, approximately three and a half, four hours. Yeah, something like that, yeah. So we traveled through to some of the local cemeteries. Actually, before we get to that, one of the things that we had a conversation about before we left that morning is that when we came back that afternoon, we were going to check all of our preconceived notions about what this place is, what we've been taught, what we're told it is. And try to come in and view it and experience it with fresh eyes and senses and, you know, not, not buy into the tropes, but let's, let's try to figure out what's really going on there. Mm-hmm. And I think that taking that moment to state that out loud and, and the fact that we're not going to buy into the trope and we're going to, we're going to really dig into what's going on there. And this is going to take a while to figure out. I think that has a lot to do with what we ended up getting mm-hmm. on that particular message that we got on the tape recorder that you set inside the salt circle. Mm-hmm. And then another thing too, I'm glad you brought that up because when we actually walked out of the house and again, as the last one out, everything was locked up. There's no speakers in there, yeah. nothing. And that, you know, there's, yeah. So everything was locked up tight. I had the voice recorder on voice activation. 
Um, but we walk out and then, so you guys were all discussing about that kind of stuff too. And Jill mentioned like the sacred cow is what I heard. Right. Out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I had had a dream literally that morning um, about a, like a Cirque du Soleil and, you know, the kind of thing where like the, um, you know, acrobats would be riding around, like, like standing on stallions and stuff like that going around. They weren't stallions, they were cows um, in my dream. And this was just a very short, very short dream, um, but very vivid. Um, an acrobat on a cow doing like a trapeze, like like transitioning into a trapeze act. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, you know, sparked some relation there and the whole, you know, performance routine kind of stuff yeah which uh, actually like ends up tapping into a whole lot of other underlying themes that we talked about a little bit later and we'll we'll get into that mm-hmm. on the the wrap-up show but yeah i think it's safe to say that the the more time we spent there and the more that we we dove into it given our own unique perspectives we're, we're starting to realize that we're tapping into there's a whole other narrative that hasn't been told yet yeah. You know, there's something going on there. And I think with the right stimuli, it can be more evenly documented. I'll get into that later. That's a whole other theory, but no. that's the Ray Stans in me talking. <laughs> I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Uh, I'm afraid of elementals and shadow people, though. I can... <laughs> New fear. Boo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Absolutely. Um, I am, I am shook, friends. That's sanity. All right. So the, uh, the second night we came back and. Yeah. Second evening full of, of some, some pretty good food and all of that from what I recall. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a free-for-all of uh, a whole lot of different experiments. Um, it was the first time that a lot of us had been there, and so we all had our own little things that we did. Um, you were off doing bananagrams at one point, which yeah. I... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And definitely got some interesting results from that, too. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. The second night is... That's the one where Walker had to get out of the house. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So something there was really messing with him. It didn't really mess with the rest of us. For that Not moment. in the same way. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second night is when I got those anomalies on the, uh, full spectrum camera down in the basement. Mm-hmm. And we had a couple of oddities, like footsteps, things moving. Yeah. The batteries. Yeah. Actually. Uh, right. When we came and, back, no, that was the first thing we, we noticed. Back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Talk about that for a minute. So, so the battery grid that Alejandro mentioned just a little while ago, um, we said it would come back into play and it was exactly the way you left it. When we left that mm-hmm. house that morning on the second morning or the first morning that we, right. Yeah. The first morning that we stayed yeah. there, yeah. um, we got the heck out of Dodge and explored Atchison for a little bit. And when we returned, what happened? So again, this is a three tier shelf mm-hmm. in the corner that has a whole bunch of batteries balanced on end, um, on each level. And when we come back, um, there were multiple batteries on the floor. One of which was like three feet away from the shelf. Um, all the other ones were still standing. It was literally like, I think there was like three. I'll have to go back and look at the photos. 
but I think there was three that were just like, doop, 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 you know, on the floor there. And we took the time to test whether or not the door shutting would have any effect on that. And it did not. Like the whole first day that we were there after I set that up, no one knocked over those batteries. After I finished setting them up, us walking back and forth, us going in and out of the house, none of that yeah, disturbed the batteries. Yeah, door opening and yeah. closing constantly, mm-hmm. uh, us constantly walking yeah. past because it is like the the main funnel point mm-hmm. for going upstairs and downstairs. So right. plenty of traffic coming through. Mm-hmm. Never fell over once. Not at all. But nope. when we got back from, from our field trip out there, yeah, there was three batteries. Uh, from from I believe three batteries. I'm going to say three batteries because from what I recall, there was three. There was another one that was on the floor, but we debunked that because it was still there. Like in one of the photos that I'd taken, like the first photo I took of the display, it had fallen when I set it up and we didn't notice it. Um, but there was three on the floor in front of the shelf. And again, one of them was like three feet away. So it wasn't like something shook it and it kind of toppled because then all of them would topple. Yeah. You know, we established that when I was trying to set them up. Well, and then there were a few that were flung way too far for them That's just saying, yeah. to be falling right, down. Right. You know, the, the ones, ones that were like three feet, yeah. Two, three mm-hmm. feet away from it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And all the rest were still standing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first thing that we noticed because, again, that's front door. Batteries are, like, right there to your right, And it was, like, uh, 10 or 15 minutes after that that you started to review the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the recorder. recorder that was mm-hmm. in the salt circle. And that is where it gets really interesting. So let's play that really quick so that we have frame of reference. Okay, so we have already referred to this at this point as this being like this is the holy grail, or at least of this investigation, because mm-hmm. it truly is fascinating. Let's talk about why it's so fascinating, though. What makes it so amazing is there is no way that that could have been recorded Mm-mm. onto that tape unless somebody was in that room with a really, really good speaker perfectly placed away from the microphone in order to pick up mm-hmm. the music and also the abnormalities that it did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's it's mind-boggling. Seriously, it's it's incredibly thought-provoking and puzzling and all of that because the spiritual metaphysical implications of that EVP are just incredible because that is it's like 30 like that whole entire thing maybe 30 seconds and it's a music track. It's literally a bit of a music track that we took the time to dig into and all of that, you know, through some whatever Google foo. Yeah. The, um, uh, the, the artist is Macintosh mm-hmm. plus and um, it's kind of a rework of a, was it Dion? It, no, it's uh Diana, Diana Ross. Ross. Diana yes. Ross, yeah. Diana Ross song. Mm hmm. And uh, the lyrics are changed up, and there's some digital manipulation. Yeah. But it's it, – uh, oh, God. So the the remix of it – and again, this is from a Diana Ross song called It's Your Move. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been, you know, completely, uh, you know, modified. And this was in released in, like, 2010. This was, like, one of the founders of, of Vaporwave, essentially – um, very important for that movement. 
And this whole track is like 15 seconds of part of that song. And it's just the beat at first, as you can hear. And then it starts going into some of the lyrics, which is how we were able to find out what song it is. Right. And then there's the two voices. And that's, yeah, that's, that's where it goes off mm -hmm. in left field is that you have those two distinct voices Mm -hmm. that again, without planning it into their heads, let's loop this a few times and let them listen to it. So here we go. Okay, now you and I have driven ourselves crazy listening to this over and over and over again. Yeah, seriously, it's incredible. Immediately, like from when we were sitting in the house still and I was listening to this, with headphones too, because you guys were off doing different stuff. I was sitting on the couch reviewing Mm -hmm. because I noticed that there was some tape having rolled. And literally with the headphones, I'm like, oh, like my jaw dropped, like seriously, because it starts playing the music, which is incredible in and of itself. And then the two voices, one of them, the first one is uh, an older woman that I hear saying, bless you. And then a moment later, there's a younger woman's voice saying, you're a saint. And so that goes into the whole thing is that I set up the Salt Circle Sanctuary um, specifically for the purpose of, of having a safe haven for any innocent energies there. Yeah. So... It's just incredible. Like literally, I get, <laughs> I I got like chills when I realized what I was hearing, because at first I was confused because this was a brand new cassette. I need to make that clear. This was a brand new cassette straight out of the packaging. Like I never recorded it. on before, yeah. so I there was no trace it. amounts that mm-hmm. could have shown up. I unwrapped it there in the house and plugged it in, or you know, popped it into the cassette recorder before we left. And so now allow me to lay down the other side of this to explain why this should never have happened. So you can take a look at your standard uh, magnetic recorders, like the classic um, handheld recording um, apparatuses that we are using for some of these experiments. And uh, yes, you can absolutely argue that radio waves could potentially actually penetrate and imprint themselves onto a manic strip. The probability is slim to none, but I'm open to admitting that, yes, that could absolutely happen. But for it to happen with a song that was not aired in any station, anywhere within airing range from that area on that specific day, there is no way to explain how that got on there. It is a perfectly bit-rated amount for the original song, but there are warps to it. There is no reason for warps to be happening through radio. There is something truly unique happening here. Yeah, it's it's absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah. Um, Out of everything that we captured on that trip so far, like the, the, the EVP in the basement and this on the cassette recorder mm-hmm. is is the gold. Like, this this was the reason we went. It's powerful stuff. I'm not sure what in the hell it means, but we're going to figure it out. Yeah. The, <laughs> again, like, the implications are are ast- astonishing. <laughs> um, because this is a song that 
was released by Diana Ross originally, but this remix, specifically, this remix was released in 2010 as part of the Floral Shop album by by Macintosh Plus. Plus. Also mm-hmm. known as Vectroid. Vectroid, yeah. yeah. Um, Which we're going to go into that a little bit later on the the wrap-up, mm-hmm. the, the coffee shop right. wrap-up. Yes, yeah. um, we'll, we'll explain a little bit more about why that was so important because it did actually reach out to some of the team members in a very personal way. So mm-hmm. it's... It's going to be interesting to see how this all unfolds. Yeah. Let's not go into that just yet, though. Let's um, mm-hmm. continue on. So the rest of day two. Uh, there's one more thing. Um, just to make it clear, the iPods that I had for the, the tech technique were not able to play music in and of themselves. You know, they would have had to have headphones hooked up or speakers any of that. These are like first and second gen iPods. Um, and again, these were, even if they were somehow plugged in. Oh, I see what you're getting Yeah, at. it's yeah, just, no, there's, uh, there's no way it came from the iPods either. And and that song is not on any of the devices. No, no. So it uh-uh. couldn't have been broadcast through that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. just wanted to make that clear in case, I'm sure someone was wondering it. <laughs> so... Always the doubters. I know. Bless you and you're a saint. I mean, that it warmed my heart, honestly, on a personal level, because again, I specifically set that up for any innocent energies. And it seems like some, you know, two in particular found respite there. Well, I so. think we, we all experienced that because when we came back and we heard that our, our translation of that experience was, okay, so we're breaking away from the norm and we're starting to look at other things and, and maybe we're maybe we're picking up on a few things that haven't been covered yet. You know? mm-hmm. Music, though. Music is definitely uh, an interesting... Um, yeah. yeah, and speaking of which, like, uh, upon our return after we uh, dealt with that EVP and we kind of got comfortable, music kept popping mm-hmm. up into the um, the study of this whatever it is. And uh, that's when you and I decided to serenade the house. Yeah. 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 I brought a little backpacker guitar that a very dear friend of mine had uh, gifted me a few years ago for my birthday. And um, yeah, I mean, we just went to town. We, uh, yeah, we took turns singing and playing and all of that. We had a good, good uh, duet there of uh, um, (laughs) where did, where did you sleep last last night? night? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a good time for sure. And uh, yeah, I think that the resonance of the music there is, it's clarifying, I think, because the energy of the house when we walked in, I've said it, it's it's energetic soup or it's energetic brothy fog is, <laughs> is how I described it. But like, I think with the music that that in particular, mm, brothy fog, brothy fog, mm. um, it just, we had a sense of like, like triumph almost i think like very positive emotions after hearing the what was on the recording and then going you know singing and playing it's a much more uplifting energy to bring into a house like that yeah the tone was very different from mm-hmm. the rest of our our time there yeah. it wasn't as active but the activity that we did get was um not antagonistic it was mild it was much more mild yeah i think yeah yeah we got to go back. Yeah, seriously. I mean, they're rep- repetitive experiments or the way of 
Science. <laughs> Weird science. Hmm. All right. So um, we obviously have a whole lot more to talk about on this, but on this particular conversation, like regarding where we at, knowing that we have the wrap up uh, mm-hmm. coming up, um, is there anything, anything else you want to chime in on? Any hmm. final lingering thoughts or theories to share? Um, the bacon monster. Yeah. The bacon monster that I, I had a sense of like something else there laying low, you know, when we were there and I'm, I'm not certain that there isn't something like that there. I, I just feel like if there was something laying low, something else. I am willing to believe that there's probably something else there, but I think we give it too much power. Anyway, yeah. That's where we'll wrap it up on this one. Uh, You can obviously bet that Alejandro and I and definitely Walker and probably Jill will be popping up on the Patreon feed in the near future to go over and over and over and over this (laughs) because each week the theories change. Yes. You, me, and Walker all are going to have uh, unedited testimonies yes. regarding this. Uh, cool. But, yeah, if we did that now, it's like 16 hours long. <laughs> you know? The unedited version is 8.3 days long. I mean, mine alone is 12, 12 <laughs> hours, hands down. So yeah, yeah, I mean, you had a lot of your stuff happening before, yeah, before we even... I mean, the whole thing is just like from start to to finish. It's insane. It's a, yeah. It's it's, a, yeah. it's utterly insane, and yeah. I realize how utterly insane it sounds. Yeah, but I agree with you. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds cliche. I am I am I stuck in? Did I slip into an eighties video world? I don't know anymore. <laughs> I don't know what's real. If you yeah, if you haven't check out the Floral Shop album. Because that track in particular, the It's Your Move, it's that song, if you listen to the whole thing, it has high strangeness vibes to it in and of itself. Send it to me. I yeah. can't look things up anymore. I just can't deal with it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, man. For our listeners, definitely. Floral Shop by Macintosh Plus. Alejandro, I want to thank you very much for coming and sharing your experiences leading up uh, to our experience on the Sally House and what transpired there. And, I'm, man, we have a long ways to go. We're not done yet. Yeah. And I want to thank you for putting out the invitation because if you hadn't done that, uh, I I mean, I'd be here in North Carolina, but I would have no idea who we yeah. are or what we're doing i was and... not i was already a li- i was a longtime listener first time caller <laughs> at one point <laughs> heart huge yeah. heart oh my god it's awesome i love you man <laughs> so yeah i'm i'm so happy to be part of the podcast now having listened to you for the last uh since you started putting out podcasts and all that so i'm i'm, I'm thank you for putting out the invitation that allowed me to Thank you yeah. for being absolutely crazy enough to agree to go to one of the most haunted places in North America. Bravo to you, sir. You, you don't know the half of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I do at this point. <laughs>
how this location reacts to people as individuals. How the house played off of Alejandra's love for kids, because as he will tell you himself, he's kind of just a big kid. And that has actually proven to be a great factor of balance when doing these investigations. In our final segment on this episode, I'd like to thank Trish Moe from The Missing Peace and Chasing Prophecy back onto the show to offer her point of view. Now, as you know from Trish's previous visit, she is tuned into the world in a very different way, just as everyone else on the team is. Highly intuitive and very thoughtful, I thought it important to hear from her on this because even though she was only with us for a few hours, she had plenty of experiences herself. So let's get into it. All right, friends, I am very happy to welcome back Trish Mo back to the show. Trish, thank you so much. For those of you who have been listening, you already know Trish from the previous Conversations Through the Void episode with her, and you know that she was a part of, or kind of a last-minute addition to our trip to the Sally House. Uh, Trish, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. How are you doing? Yes, of course. Thanks for having me again. I'm great. Uh, yeah. Oh, the Sally House. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, it, you know, as uh, as what I've kind of laid out on the show so far, it's kind of important for me to give the opportunity for everybody who is involved to share their personal experiences regarding the investigations that we do. And you were only able to join us for, I, I think it was like three or four hours, maybe, uh, which thank you so much for making the trip. It, it was a delight to have you. Um, yes, of course. But each one of us experienced the Sally House in a very different way, and I would like to take a minute to get some of your insight and your connection and your feelings about that experience and that house. And believe me, that three or four hours was enough to last me, you know, a few months now, as you know. (laughs) I can't imagine (laughs) your teams, um, you know, you spent the night there, so... We, we, we lucked out because we had a Jill with us, and I think that's actually what made it a, a lot more bearable. I, I really do have this feeling that if it would, it, if the original team of just me, Walker, and Alejandra would have gone there, it would have been a very different experience, and it would not have been good. So uh, having Jill there was great, and then having uh, you come in from a completely different angle, although you know, we definitely connected on a whole lot of ways. It was the first time that you and I ever had a chance to meet was at the Sally house. Talk about a first meeting, right? (laughs) (laughs) And of course me in typical, you know, Trish mode, I automatically went into channeling before I, I don't know, as soon as I stepped foot on the property, probably. So, but it was, it was a full moon and the night before Yule. Yep. So there was that. Winter solstice rolling up the, at, noon or uh, midnight that same night yeah yeah so there was a there was a lot going on there at, but we've actually kind of gone through the whole rolodex of what we experienced and what we picked up on so i i don't want to guide the conversation i would just like you to kind of talk about what you picked up on what you experienced because i i think for maybe the first 45 minutes or so you and i just did a perimeter walk around Mm -hmm. and just hung out for a bit and then after that whenever we got back inside i had to go back to some of the ongoing experiments that we had and so you kind of broke off and did your own thing 
So let's let's talk a little bit about that. Let's uh, let's tap into what you were picking up on on the outside of the house first. Uh, so one of the major things that still resonates to this day is the iron bed frame that was placed over like a that entry that entrance to um to the basement or a cellar or something there's yeah, no whatever there was whatever no it's like a coal chute or something yeah, yeah. There, there was no other side to it from the basement that we could find mm-hmm. um but the interesting thing with that you know and especially in my beliefs and dealing with elementals and and the fey and everything like that is they can't cross iron um it, it's their it repels a lot of different um, cryptids and elementals and things like that. So that was very interesting to me. So, so whatever was on the other side of that, they obviously had, had been bricked up or boarded up or whatever. Um, So you feel like those multiple layers almost. So you feel like those bed frames were specifically like purposefully placed there the way that we saw them. The person who, um place them there did it you know 100 percent consciously or not right maybe not but subconsciously absolutely okay yeah because that stood out to me so much and normally you know if it was just somebody just threw that there it wouldn't have um made such an such an impression well it definitely sticks out to us as well because one of the first things that happened once we kind of got settled into the house and we were performing the estes session the night before you showed up um, Jill was at like, so I have this habit and routine of anywhere I go. I have these four railroad spikes that I bring with me and I put them mm-hmm. in the four corners, but Jill made a really interesting point that iron actually repels things. So if we're actually mm-hmm. laying that down willfully, then we might not be letting some of the things through that we should be trying to connect right. with. And so I removed those, and obviously, like there was an immediate spike in activity beyond that. But the what we saw regarding that whole coal chute that leads down in the basement—that's a whole other level. And now I'm kind of wishing I would have put, picked up on that earlier and moved those bed frames out of the way just to see what would have happened. You know? Oh, you do like to walk into burning houses, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> Yeah, a complete and total disregard for personal safety. I think we've already right. uh, we've already established yes, that. Yes. Listeners, this is not recommended. Yeah, <laughs> don't uh, try this on your own. Do time. do not do what I do. Uh, seriously, like Trish is nailing it. I am catapulting myself into some really weird places, and I do not suggest you do it. Like that wasn't just a railroad spike. That this was a whole iron bed yeah. frame like it huge i mean it wasn't it wasn't small and it's not like a horseshoe or something you know it's like... so beyond like the the perimeter walk around when you saw that you picked up on a couple of other things during that initial walk around and one of the ones that you and i both locked into at the same time was the way the light was hitting the banisters on the neighboring door and the way that it was imprinting that shadow against yes, the wall yes because yeah. we saw it from the back of the house which was Interesting that it projected the other way, considering right after that was when you told me that the back was the front and the front was the back, since the road had been moved. 
I think that has, I, that would, depending on when that was placed there, would make a huge difference on its purpose in the house. And, and it, you know, being um, a portal or, or significant of that or anything, because if that was meant for the back of the house and it was there when that house was built, then that would mean anyone coming in the back, it, it would just be opposite the effects. You know, because that's much different. It's like coming through the front door and, you know what I mean? It's it's backwards. It's like mirrored. Which, yeah, there's there's something to be said about that and something I'll tap into a little bit later. But I do think you're on to something. The, the fact that the, the concept of the property itself was kind of flipped, it almost caused like a psychological rift within the house. I don't know. Like, yes, yes. Yeah. But my, uh, remember, my theory on that was that, A, because I, I felt so familiar um, with you and, and Walker and Alejandro and, and Jill, the very specific group being there, I feel like we have been there in another time. And if that was the case, and I have spoken to Jill about this, too, because she said she, she got lost going mm-hmm. to a cemetery with you all. And she went yep. to the one on the opposite side. Opposed to where you were actually headed. So the opposite side of town, literally. And so my theory on that if, is if we all, because people, humans, um, typically return to where they've been in past lives and in, you know, other timelines and such. And so if we've all already been there, our recall of the entire town itself and that would have been obviously before gps and and everything else would have been opposite of what it is now including the house including all the streets all the you know because all of those things were there obviously in the 1800s um obviously atchison wasn't as big but the directions would have been opposite so which is interesting um because i i was telling her that I did the exact same thing the first time I went there. Um, and I ended up at that same cemetery on the opposite side of town. Really? With the intention of going to Mount Vernon. I ended up on the other side. Yes. Now, which, uh, do you remember what the name of the cemetery is by any chance at the moment? I want to say it's Ta- uh, Taylor or so- Taylor. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll look into that. The funny thing, I mean, Atchison in general is very easy to get turned around in for me because everything there as far as the the river and the railroad tracks and all the power grids, you know, I'm kind of like a bat. So when my sonar gets thrown off like, from all the modern um And that place is a conduit. And, oh, There's yeah. so much going on there, yeah. right? It's like my internal GPS completely gets confused and, and flipped around and stuff. So that's something interesting to note. However, I do know at certain points in this year specifically, which would also be interesting to do research on at some point in these various locations, is the poles shifting. Yeah. Um, and especially how that affects places that are on specific ley lines and, and you know, the magnetism of that. So. Mm in combination with the moon and everything else, you know, that most people don't even think twice about, but I, I, in my experience, I've learned, you know, on certain days and certain times, like for Atchison's a good example, 
I can go there on, on certain days and be perfectly fine and focused on direction and everything else. And then other times I can't. And I know 100% that has to do with the moon and planetary alignments and everything like that. So It feels like somebody t- somebody's taking your internal compass and flipping it like a right. coin almost. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I get that, and what's what's so interesting is you know again like three years ago, if you would have talked to me about any of this stuff, I would have my response would have been like very interesting stuff, cool, awesome. You that's crazy. <laughs> no, 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 but I wouldn't have had those experiences. So. There's yeah, we're all a little bad here, <laughs> Alice. Um, but. Yeah, it it hasn't been until the last few years that I've had those ex- like some of these experiences myself that is going to like crack the egg, so to speak. Right. So being able to look at things at a completely new light, and it's so funny to me because three years ago I would have just laughed my ass off at this, but now I'm like, yes, yep, mm-hmm, go on, I feel yeah. it. Yeah, you start noticing patterns of of how it affects everything, and that's 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 why I always ask people in these investigations, e- even with mediums, you know, especially with mediums, and communicating with other worlds um, and otherworldly entities. Obviously, I have clear channeling that I can one hundred percent trust my intuition, and that that's specific message I'm I'm intended to receive at that time and then there's other days I'm like okay wait a minute this feels like a trick or a trap right <laughs> and yeah. it usually is because everything's flipped so oh man actually I understand that so much now I really do after the experiences that I had at Waverly because I feel like I was tricked into yeah. looking into this thing and like we we've talked about that sorry I'm going to have to zip that up we're going to save that for another time that's a story, folks, and we'll get to it. But um, so, so moving beyond that, like uh, after the perimeter walkthrough that we did, we went into the house and I introduced you to everybody else. And to be honest, at that point, you and I split off for about uh, a couple of hours. I went off and did my own thing. You got to know Walker Alejandro and you felt you, you felt comfortable. And Oh, yeah. And that was fine, but but that's another thing. You know, I always felt while we were there, um, be, and I think it's because of our initial interaction outside the house hmm. that we were able to actually have a focused conversation, I feel like. Um, I also yeah. feel like something inside was kind of making us avoid each other, which is interesting because we get along great. So, I mean, that doesn't make, you know, like we were pulled in different directions and, and just, I don't think that had anything to do with, uh, in the house. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Like that, that was one of the first larger, like major investigations that I tried to do. So I was actually, and this is something that I talked with Jill about a lot too, is I had a lot of time not being in business mode when I was there because I was thinking about the data, the cameras, the the recorders. It was actually really hard for me to be there in the moment. The only time that I really was like right there in the moment is when we did the Estes session that first night. The rest of the right. time, I felt like I was in production mode. And this is something that I tried to check at the door when we went to Waverly and it helped a lot, like leaving 
half of my equipment behind and not even worrying about that, but trying to be there now, so to speak. Well, but I mean, as, um, as, as a healer and, and, you know, an empath and everything while I was there, while I was there specifically, a lot of us had, um, and it might've just, you know, the time of day and everything else had specific, I guess, biological effects, you know, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't stuff like it, what you weren't doing production stuff. Like, like you had, um, that, uh, high pitched ringing, you know, in your ear, like all of a sudden out of nowhere. And then I got a bloody that's nose true. just on the porch, <laughs> which apparently has happened to numerous people and, um, you know, stuff like that. So it was, it was very odd that, um, and see, I completely forgot about all of this. This is why it's important for me to be able to catalog everybody's experience there because we we all miss some pieces. I had completely forgotten about that. Yeah. And honestly, something about you getting the nosebleed at the exact moment, I can't remember the frame of reference, but when it happened, it was one of those things that kind of like it got to me. It was just a. Well, this, uh, is, so, this is a cause and effect moment. Basically. Right. And there was no reason I ran out to get my camera from my from my car and on the way back, which was good. Actually, I probably needed a break from the house at that time, unknowingly. <laughs> and um, but it was came right back, you know, and then um, on my way back, I tried to take I mean, this was within, you know, whatever, 20 feet. I tried to take a picture of the moon because it was full. And of course, I took two steps toward the house and my camera died. Um, yep. I do remember which that. Which was, you know, yeah. halfway expected. And then that's when you came out and um, we're, as we were going back in, literally I passed that, th the, uh, there's a little, was it like wrought iron? It was painted white. Uh, you're talking about that little, like, set, like a little patio, a little tea spot out. Like, it's not right. on the porch, but it's outside in the front yard. Yeah. But it had grapes and vines on it, which are interesting because that means that kind of symbolizes a time of great difficulty. And I kept yeah. saying grapes of wrath, which is interesting. Um, That's and then, right. Yeah. And then right after that was when I was standing on the on the the patio porch, whatever area, I guess. And there's just something about that, that, um, you know, I know the broom was there and obviously, you know, we always consider that yeah. with witches and stuff like a visitor's coming, meaning not always necessarily good. Um, and, but I saw that when I walked outside. And so at that point there was like a shift in something darker came over the house and right then I got a nosebleed. We went in, you got the head thing and, um, everybody mm -hmm. oh, was the like ringing in my ears. Yeah, right. But yeah. everybody was like separated at that point, like scattered. And that's when I, I think that's when I went back upstairs, you all went downstairs, me and Walker went upstairs. I don't know where Alejandro was, but, um, we were upstairs. I think he might have been pulling his bananagrams uh, uh, divination at that point, which was interesting. And we'll talk about that later. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, wherever wherever you guys went, um, the rest. Uh, well, I don't even think I don't even think Jill and I were together. I think we both split off. So we all, everybody. Yeah, so me yeah. and Walker went upstairs. I was wandering around the rooms. He was like, I stopped in the hallway. And just sat down like it was weird <laughs> i sat down i had the something was just telling me to like look on my phone from 
the same day a year ago. And I was doing that. And right, right then Walker came up behind me and he was, he was, he put his hand on the door to the attic and I physically felt or saw, or I, I can't explain how mediums or, you know, my type do this. Well, no, no, no. Let's, let's, let's just go back to the feeling. Like what did it, it was it like a momentary shock? It was on fire, which would have been his left hand or right hand, whatever hand he grabbed the door with, but I thought it was left. But all of us, I'm like, there's something in the attic. There's, he's like, I know I'm going to go up there, but the door, and he could, like, he said something about touching the doorknob and, and he couldn't touch it. And I turn around, like when I'm not physically facing him or looking at him, I turn around, there's something else that's trying to manipulate me. It was telling me to push him down the stairs and throw him over the banister and all this. And I'm like, (laughs) I mean, obviously, I've, I'm experienced enough to recognize <laughs> no, not to do yes, that, right? Yeah, of course, right. right. But it was it was such a strong, had I not, you know, that would be very dangerous for a person who's not experienced. I mean, I can see, because to, for it to be that strong in me, um, to where I wasn't protecting myself or blocked from that type of energy coming in, um, it would be dangerous for another yeah. person. And then I look on my phone. He goes back downstairs, and I had told him that. And I was still just sitting there in the hallway between, like, the room with all the toys, you know, right in front of, like, the attic and and kind of by the stairs. And when we had first walked up there earlier, when I first got there, I said, something's trying to hold my hand, you know, when when we were walking through the rooms. And the picture on my phone was one of those uh, like where it has like the devil looking hand that says be careful be careful who you touch of, of the hands holding you know that meme mm-hmm. that's that's famous which is interesting I was like wow how rude <laughs> <laughs> oh god I love like, it yeah <laughs> see no, this is a great at this point you throw yourself into the fire enough when the weird stuff starts to happen you're just like dude really come I on. know I was like come, come on, on. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's very cliche. If you're trying to scare me, like, it's like know. are you trying to do the checklist Ex- of a conjuring exactly. movie? Please, I was like, come on. I was, that's what I felt like. And so I was like mocking <laughs> whatever that was upstairs. And that's when we right. all kind of went back and, and were all in the same, you know, in the living area, living room, dining room area. And that's when, which is funny because before that, me, well, not that I know of since I had been there, me and Jill hadn't really had as much, um, they weren't interacting with us as much as the males. And right after that, when I'm like, I, I wasn't, and I was not by any means disrespectfully mocking this. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, calling it out to do things, things like that. I'm saying when it was blatantly, um, insulting my intelligence and and kind of mocking me was when I was like, no, seriously, yeah, like, this no, isn't we ain't doing me. this, like, <laughs> yeah, right. And so, but but that's when we went downstairs and it started calling me and her like whores and you know all of that. So, which is funny. <laughs> no, I wasn't I wasn't down there for that. Yeah, was I? you were. Yeah, I you was? were sitting at the table. 
Oh, oh, okay. At the table, I thought you meant when you said downstairs. I thought you meant down in the basement. Oh no, I was no, like, this is we like the living room, yeah. dining room area. When we all kind of for a little bit there, came back together in one spot. And okay, um, so, so I, I still love that you bring that up because, honest to God, it's still a little bit of it's a little fuzzy for me. And that's look, before I hit record on this, I said I wanted to talk about this, and this is something that the lot of us, like all five of us who were at that house have started to experience as we're trying to touch back on these experiences is there is a fog that yes. seems to have followed the lot of us that anytime we try to talk about this, that we try to dive a little bit further into our experiences or even recall things, there seems mm -hmm. to be this pushback and, it's not like you're experiencing something like missing time or anything like that. You you are still very full aware of the whole experience that we all had at the place, but something seems to just dull our ability to express that to each other. Yes. I yeah, absolutely I agree and and that's what I was telling you before is that it's uh, even when I was there, you know, that that's when it started actually. Well, aside from all of us always being split up, but Walker kept asking me to go in the basement. That was one, that was the first big that I kept noticing. I'm like, and I would get distracted and I would be like, okay, we, like we would literally start walking to the basement and something else would happen or like something would fall or like I would get distracted. I'd walk away. And, um, Finally, we're, we're headed there. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, Walker. I promise this time I won't, you know, see a squirrel and we're going. Squirrel. <laughs> and, yeah. And then, then I pick up the damn music box that just starts playing in my hand. You know, I'm like, oh, pretty thing that's playing in my hand. All right. I put it down and stop. And so it's another trick, another trap. Yeah. Like, oh, children, here's another toy. Like, knowing I would fall for it, which. Yeah, it's, it's another. Here's a shiny thing. Here's a shiny <laughs> right. thing. Do you see the shiny thing? And that was thing? all the way on right. a shelf that everybody's like, oh, I didn't even notice that there. And of course, but yep. it was it was because I was directly headed to the basement door. Yeah, I uh, let me backtrack point. on that just for frame of reference for those of you listening. Uh, the music box that Trish is talking about was actually sitting on the fourth shelf, I mm -hmm. think, in the, in, in the built-in bookcase within the living room of the Sally House. We had been kind there. Kind towards a corner. Yeah, like we had already been there for over 24 hours at that point, and none of us noticed this thing. But Trish picks it up and actually starts reacting. And, and Trish, with your permission, I'll let you review it. I would like to share the video that we captured of that because uh, Walker... <laughs> Yeah, no, Walker. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Yeah, Walker. I'll I'll send it to you for reviewing, of course. But Walker caught you just for a few seconds sitting at the the table downstairs, and there is a direct back and forth with you in this damn music box, and it's actually yeah. amazing to watch. <laughs> I cannot believe I have not sent this to you. I'm so sorry. I am still plowing through all of the data, but there, yeah, there's this beautiful clip of you staring at the music box and you get this like kind of crooked smile on your face for a second <laughs> and then you set it down and as soon as you set it down it starts making noise and i was just like holy yes i know i'm like a little kid it's terrible like but there was a reason for me that made me 
Um, I don't know whether that was a negative or positive distraction because that caused me to sit down and focus for a minute, which I have to do because, you know, I have horrible ADHD. And so when I did that, um, I picked is when I picked up the um, guest book, which I I didn't sign. I mean, I should I meant to, but I, I didn't go back to that. But the relevance of that and I don't know if Walker has it on video. Is I'm just like everybody's just down there doing their like we're all looking in corners flipping stuff you know I'm flip I flip open to whatever so just to explain to people yeah this is how I get messages a lot of times I can go to a book walk straight to a book in a library bookstore thrift store antique shop whatever and I'm meant to find this book and I always flip open to the exact page I'm supposed to read something on so it's not random by any means. And I know people don't believe that, but that's why I wish he, which I don't know if he has this on video or not, but I wish he did because I flipped open to a page and which is okay. First of all, backtrack a little bit before I picked it up. When I was, when I was holding the music box, something was telling me to download uh, the app ghost radar, which I had talked to you about. I was like, no, yeah. investigation tools. I've, I, I was like, I'm not really an investigator. I'm a medium. So I don't really use those things. But for fun years ago, I did have ghost radar on my phone. And so yeah, I downloaded sure it again. I don't need any of the equipment anymore. Well, yeah, when I was sitting there, <laughs> it, it was a useful tool because when I was sitting there, something told me to download that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so as I did that, um, I flip open the guest book. The first page I flipped to, somebody had signed it. And, and this obviously was in the, you know, the past. I, I don't even, I think it was a few years ago. Somebody else named Trisha. It wasn't me. This is the first time That's in right. this lifetime yeah. I've ever been to Sally House. Besides being outside of it unknowingly a few times. Um, so somebody had signed it named named Trish or Trisha and said, you know, my first time here, I downloaded the ghost radar app and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, there's one flip more, <laughs> you know, sections. Cause this is, you know, by this time is a pretty, bo- pretty big That's book. One. And the next page I land on, there's a, Hey, great time here. My first time, my name's Trish. And I just downloaded this weird phone app called ghost radar and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's two. <laughs> yeah. Flip it again, and the same thing happens. Um, and another Trish who downloaded the Ghost Radar app. And I'm like, okay. So you're telling me you're looping through the Sally house, apparently. Mm. Not me, though. No, I, right. Yeah. I know. But or yes, the same. It could get weird, but. Right. Maybe. I mean, depends on which dimension it's in at the time, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll we'll put the brakes on that one just for now because we're going to be going into multiverse and Mandela here in a month and a half, and I'm going to have you back on for that one for sure. Yes. But we're 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 not going to go down that rabbit hole tonight. No. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so so just for, like to to wrap up, are there any other big takeaways from the time that you spent at the Sally House with us? Um, yes. Aside from, I was trying to go back to the specific message I got on, on the ghost. Oh, oh, 
Yes. I, I mean, good thing I pulled this up. So, which I need to research more, but when you and I were outside and we saw, because I took a picture of it, we saw a shadow on the house on the opposite side of the one with the, the weird portal thing. Are, are you talking about the Roman numerals? Yeah. 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 Yes. That was very relevant. Like, um, especially if it, if it has to do with music and vibration, because as we know, music can either, especially in hypnotherapy, you can manipulate entities, people, whatever through music. And so it's interesting that I was the one that, that held the music box too you know, that found the music box on the inside. So that, that's another thing I'm, I kind of need to investigate more, but also uh, one major thing. Um, oh, I don't think I ever told you this. I, it must've been when I was sitting on the couch and I didn't find this on my phone until, um, days later. And it yeah. wasn't even like, it was like a picture that was accidentally taken. Like when I was, you know, hit the button or something. And all you can see are the, are Alejandro's letters that say soul tie. Um, I think you did, you did send that one to me, thankfully. Uh, but it was, it was everything that he was pulling out of that whole bananagram experiment that he was doing. He was actually getting some really great pings, but I, it's, it's one of those things that the, the longer it's been since us actually being there and experiencing it and me being able to not be there in the moment and kind of be able to start to lay things out on a table basically and stand away and look at it in a broader scope. We had so much happen to us on that trip and yourself included. And some of the biggest stuff happened while you were there, but we weren't able to pick up on it until now, like, or, or maybe we haven't even fully picked up on it. I think we were given a lot of breadcrumbs uh, with this particular experiment and with this investigation. I think you being, part of that i think you were supposed to be there with us i think we were supposed to have that experience as a group all five of us but there's some really amazing things happening in that place and and i don't know how you feel but the the one and only solid takeaway that i have from going to the sally house is it is not what we're told that it is and no. we need to stop thinking that that's what it is. Yes. Otherwise, we're not going to figure out what's really going on there. Um, and, and, and the last thing that I has been just a recent kind of um, puzzle, I guess, I put together in this whole. <laughs> um, when I first when I first got there and I told you, I was like, why do I keep seeing something about asmodeus and the whole gambling but like there was a nevada las vegas magnet on the refrigerator there were so many different things i had just gotten a tattoo of a valkyrie where and when the artist was finished with that he's like wow it looks like there's a lot of eyes on your arm and i'm like you know that stuck with me it's one of those things and the reason this is relevant at least in my own life because you know i'm an artist and for one I was kind of an evil clown for this photo shoot right right before Halloween. Um, and then 
aside from that, I also made this book um, that had half of a raven and, and half of, you know, it was very macabre type, macabre type um, for, for my gallery that was called The Book of Lost Souls. Right. And um, like two months before, which, which a lot of things I do in my life, obviously, I, I, I have premonitions. So even unknowingly, and I'll, I'll do it ahead of time for something else that's coming. But, um, but the reason this is so relevant is because, well, first of all, the book of Asmodeus um, says I'm going to kill demons uh, and collect souls until I set things right. <laughs> Which is interesting to me. But the cover of that book is a clown, right? Like an evil clown. And um, th- uh, actually, well, three years ago from December, from the date that I was there, um, and, and the, the the front of this book of Asmodeus says knock knock. And I used to get these channelings, and I think I've mentioned this before that two knocks usually means like some type of death or or learning experience or something in my life is going to happen. And to mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of um, you know, in a lot of movies and, and books and things like that, it's it's always associated with demons, but you know, to each their own perspective of that. But so angel in my opinion angels and demons are the same thing it's absolutely. all a matter of the person that's involving themselves with them yeah and that's and and that's also what i'm getting to and this i had a dream 3 3 years ago to that day i was dreaming about this cl- like evil looking clown knock that said bang bang and or something on my door and i woke up and i was like oh gosh that was just a dream well my daughter was right next to me and she said mom mom did you hear that knock i'm going to go answer the door like drawn to actually answer the door in reality. I'm like, wait, I, I just dreamt that. And she actually heard it. And I'm like, you know, that's, that's not good. But why all of that is relevant at the, at the Sally house is I started, I always look into words and root words and stuff. Mm -hmm. Sally's, if you think Sally's, you know, just the word I'm like, because I kept seeing all eyes on you, all eyes on you. And I didn't know what that meant because everything's always a puzzle or a rhyme, right? And um, in the last part of the word, I'm like, okay, so you could, and this is the different perspective thing. You could read that allies. You could read that all eyes, or you could read that all lies. Oh, Now, does that mean all lies as in not the truth? Does that mean all lies as in, you know, rest in peace, all lies here? Does I don't know. This is a recent uh, development. Well, personally, that that kind of makes a little bit more sense to me because you know, as as you know, during our time there, when we approached day number two, we checked everything at the door because with the vast majority of these paranormal hotspots that people keep going to, we're just constantly spoon fitting each other the same amount of information without doing our own research, without looking into the real history about it, without really feeling it out. We are just, mm-hmm. we are riding on the coattails of other storytellers as opposed to finding the truth. And I think that's a position that I find myself in personally when it comes to the Sally house. And definitely when it comes to Waverly is I am tired of this. I want to flip the tables over. I want to see what's underneath. I want to see what's really going on there because even if we're like, even if we're just following this stupid narration, 
we're still getting some of it, but we're not getting all of it because we're just feeding into a narration. There's more to it than all of this. And you know it. I do. I well, know it. Every what, one of us knows What this. specific quote did you and Jill keep saying as far as feeding into? Don't feed the tulpa. Don't yes. feed the tulpa. Yes. Yeah. If, if, if you were just feeding into this thought form energy ghost that has been created out of this concept of legend, then you're still going to make it happen and the stuff will still happen. But what's the root of it? Like, where did it come from? And this is what I want to uncover. Because at this point, like, I've been able to be very open with you about my journey on this. Again, like, I never bought into any of this until three years ago. Then I found myself apparently very in tune with it. Now everything is thrown into question. But the one thing that I can stand behind is we need to stop listening to other people and we need to stop following others footsteps. Uh, otherwise we're going to miss the real information. There's more to all of this, but if we're just going to keep rehashing over the same stories, we're just going to keep feeding a tulpa. We're going to keep feeding a concept instead of actually flipping the table over and seeing what type of sticky stuff is underneath. Did you actually, it's funny you say that though, because in the basement, I kept wanting to flip that table, the little, there's like a little white in table looking thing. And I'm like, I don't know, there's something beneath it. Like what's, what's under it. (laughs) And, um, so that there was that. And then obviously, um, oh, I know what I was going to say with the eyes. Um, that's, that's actually in the book of Enoch, right? That's the, uh, mm-hmm. the many eyed ones, the, uh, it's not an angel. It's well, it's in the order of angels, right? It's the, the wheels, the, the golden wheels, the Ophanim, Oph- I, I can't remember like, that. There's like cherubim. Folks, we're and... going to get into Enochian magic somewhere in the next year. Just <laughs> hold your horses. Believe me, that's going to be a fun one. Ophan, Ophan, I don't know. There's like seraphim, cherubim, yeah, and Ophanim. And that's the one with all the eyes, right? Like the physical eyes on it, which which is what the Sally's, you know, kind of resonated with me. So, mm. but then also um, the spelling Malek. In, in the basement that, that was big because um the, the sacrifice the, the, yeah. of, of children things so and which is ironic i don't think i ever told you this the next day you know i was celebrating yule and um paganism yeah, i cooked cornish game hens and i'll have to send you the picture because i'm in no way being i know it's it's so morbid of me when i pulled these out of the oven i was <clears> like <throat> dear god that looks like like miniature people cooked. I'm like, you know, of course, you know, being a witch, like I threw them in the oven. Like, seriously, I'm going to send you this picture. It's like naked little people. Like, oh, please do. Know, that's that's brilliant. Folks, I can tell you right now that this is going to be a repeat story on XV Planets. We are going to keep going back to the Sally House. Trish, I certainly hope you'll join us, hopefully for a longer period on round two, whenever we come out there. But, um, I want to thank you again so much for taking the time to come on here because, as I said, it's really important that I give everybody an opportunity to share their individual experience because each one of us experience it in very different ways. Now, you being a medium or highly intuitive individual, me being who the hell knows what I am at this point. But then you also have uh, people like Walker and Alejandro who I think are naturally in tune with things. And then you have people like Jill who is wow like the the powerhouse like i feel so much safer when she's around really 
Yes. But, <laughs> um, but no, I, I want to thank you for coming on here and sharing your point of view. And, um, you know, obviously this is going to be a location and a story that we're going to be revisiting on the regular until we figure it out or there's nothing else to figure out. And I hope you will continue to be a part of that. And before we wrap this up, I just want to remind everybody that this is Trish Mo. You heard her just five episodes ago on the Conversations Through the Void with Trish Mo. Be sure to check out her shows, which is The Missing Piece with Trish Mo, which is on airing on Mondays at Mondays at and, 8 p.m. Central Time. Yeah, that, that whole <laughs> The whole time zone thing is what messes me up. Uh, but we can also find you on Chasing Prophecy on Tuesdays, right? Same time frame? Yes. Um, same time. That's a two-hour show uh, with my yep. co-host. Yes. So we'll uh, we'll have links for all of that stuff uh, in the show notes. Be sure to uh, follow my friend here and support her because she's doing amazing work. Trish, we love you so much. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Yes. Thank you for having me again. I'm sorry. We always go over <laughs> Are you kidding? Like, if it wasn't for the fact that I have to work at six in the morning, we would keep going for another two hours, hands down. And I would have no problem with that. But oh, I, I was going to say real quick, um, just confirming what you said earlier. Even I've, I have interviewed different investigation teams way before I went to the Sally House. Um, and they mention, you know, the Sally House or people, my co-host would ask them, and none of them wanted to talk about it. So they all have the same reaction, which is interesting. It's like they're, they're, they, they don't even, it gives them anxiety. They're scared to even mention it. I mean, they won't even go into any detail. Either that or they get the fog, which is right. what we're talking about. Right. right. Yeah. Which is it definitely, again, that's well, something I that I want to tap into. it's a fog because we weren't as afraid of the house, per se, as much as as being affected like it just distracted and you know but as yeah. far as 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 far as all the people i've interviewed yes it's it's almost a feeling of anxiety like oh no 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 we're not we're not going there again we're not like we're not going back to even that memory of talking about it <laughs> Three different people, three very unique perspectives and experiences. I'd like to thank Walker, Alejandro, and Trish for sharing their findings and feelings about it all. Throughout this journey into paranormal investigation and research, it has become very important to me that we capture and document the experiences of everyone involved. Now that's going to wrap it up for this chapter, friends. But join us in two weeks for our conclusions on the Sally House, at least for now where I will be joined with some very special guests, and we will also share a portion of our group follow-up recorded on the road on our way to Waverly Hills last month. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, everywhere as XVPlanis. And you can follow my personal misadventures and music projects at Folds and Floods on those same platforms. Links for both are in the link trees in the show notes. Oh, and if you're curious about the video from Benedictine College that Trish shared with me that I mentioned to Walker, head on over to our Instagram and you'll find it under Recent Postings. If you like what we do here, head on over to iTunes and rate and review us. Tell your friends about us. Tell your families about us. Hell, scream at random people at the bus stop about us. 
We are a fully independent production, and currently word of mouth is how we're going to grow. XV Planus is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. For more great independent shows like the one you just listened to, go to www.tgmpodcastnetwork.com. That's www.tgmpodcastnetwork.com. This show is produced in Durham, North Carolina, and is written, edited, and scored by yours truly. Music from the show can be found on my Bandcamp page for Folds and Floods or anywhere you stream your music. Once again, I am your host, Flood, and this has been XV Planus. Thank you for being a part of the journey so far. Thank you for listening. Keep your heart soft, your head strong, and your spirits weird and wonderful. Take care of yourselves, and take care of each other, and I'll see you in the between.